evening and welcome to Absolute Bedlam podcast. So tonight I have Stuart Woodward. Is that how you say your surname? Sorry, Stu. Totally 100% correct. Hey, cool. Well done. Right. So Stu is a guitarist from the band Hamune. He is also a family man. A um, Is it your son that likes to play music? He does, yeah. Yeah, he does. He plays drums. Nice. He's got a good name, hasn't he? Has he got a good name? Ben. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and you are the managing director slash business owner of a company called Graphic, Des- uh, not Graphic Design, called Blast Factory. That's the one. You got it. Which is a graphic design company. Are you suffering from red light nerves? No, I'm all right. I yeah. just uh, like to try and go from a note. Sometimes <laughs> I, I write things backwards, yeah. thinking it'll come to me when I say it out loud. But <laughs> we're only uh, episode 50 in. Oh, right. Is that all? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're well practiced then. That's it. Yeah, well, sort of. For a guy with a phone. Yeah. <laughs> so, Stu, how long has it been since we spoke last? Obviously, we just spoke about this in a test call. Yeah, it was, um, you reckoned it was Finns, wasn't it, in Weymouth? Yeah. And that was, were we we playing there? I guess we were. Yeah. Um, That might have been the first time we played there. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say it was on a weeknight. I don't know why I want to say that. Yeah, my mem- see, my memory's quite bad with gigs and stuff because I've done because over the years I've been in so many bands and done so many gigs. I just yeah. find it hard to remember stuff. I really do. Mm. Not that I've forgotten it; it's not memorable. It's just that you kind yeah. of just forget, don't you? Really. I do remember. I'm not sure if this was us playing with you guys, but I remember you being on a bill once, quite early on in the sort of night. And you were like, fuck yeah, that means we can get drunk and network. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the lower the better. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That that must have been years ago, a long time ago. Um, We've played in other places as well. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. There's a place, I think it was in Portsmouth. Um, That would have been at the Wedgwood Rooms, wouldn't it? That would have been Edge of Wedge. There's also a place, I think it was called The Deco. Oh yeah, that was part of the um festival they do every yeah. year, isn't it? I yeah. think, isn't it? That went on for a long time. That was like a twelve-hour day. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's just over one. I think it's like just over one day, isn't it? I think when they do yeah. it, but they've got like about fifty pubs involved with five hundred bands. Oh wow! It's one. It's one of those. It's one of those. Yeah. Come the name of the festival now, but it's like mm-hmm. it's one of those festivals where you find out there's fifty other bands you've never heard of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. it's yeah, and everyone knows everyone yeah, through exactly. a certain sort of conduit of a connector yeah. sort of person. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit. It's quite an interesting one. It's a bit like when you go to a gig and then all of a sudden everyone comes out the woodwork. Yeah, you think, where have these people all been? Yeah, where, where are all these metalheads? Where are all these punkers coming from? You know, so yeah. It's, you know, it's quite bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, I do think in music, there's like in real life, there's a six degrees of separation rule, isn't there? Whereas in music, it seems to be like two or three degrees of separation. Yeah, I completely and utterly agree with that one because that is so true. Mm. So true. So the small, smaller the town, the more you'll see people recycle the same members and they'll try different genres of music and they just want to be involved, really, don't they? You know, yeah, I think that's funny you say that. One of the worst things for that is like, 
the rock, uh, psychobilly and rockabilly scene. Like yeah. all they've got is only what they've only got one double bass player and he plays yeah. in hundred bands. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Love it. So yeah, I honestly don't know how long it's been, but it's really nice talking to you. And obviously been listening to Hamune pretty much since I met you, probably before I met you. And um yeah, it's just a really nice sort of release of music. Obviously, you know, you're fully aware as you know, you, it's not for everyone. But um no, no, I think no, exactly. it's people not that, the people that do like it really like it. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that we found is that people that really do like it, yeah, are like almost obsessed with it. Like yeah. we played, we played, we we played in Reading a few years ago at the I can't remember the name of the venue actually. It's in the town centre somewhere. Oh well. Um, and this guy called I was he's called Andrew. I can't remember his name. Yeah, it was Andrew. Um, mm. He came up to us and he said, "When we he said, oh yeah, I remember your first album. I used to play it to death when I was at school." Yeah. And I was like, "What?" We were like, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Completely yeah. blown away. We were like, someone actually, and that, that that's one of those things where basically, you know, like you hear bands and someone goes, if this just makes a difference to one person's life, yeah, then it's done. And in a funny kind of way, you, you've heard a few stories like that, and you think, well, that makes doing what we do important to somebody. Yeah, you don't see it when it's yeah. your life. No. You don't see the uh, perimeter that you're creating and the impact that you have. No, Even, yeah. you know, if Hamune disappears, which obviously I hope doesn't happen, but no. your CDs will still exist somewhere, you know, on the planet. Yeah, and someone's going to be playing it somewhere at some point. And I think that's the beauty yeah. of, like, today, there's just so much stuff you can basically just, I don't yeah. know, go on Spotify or whatever. Uh, yeah. evil, evil Spotify. Um or whatever and um basically listen to whatever you want now it's just easy access for everything isn't it yeah absolutely i remember um i fell on hard times a couple of years back and i um moved back in with my mum which we won't talk about shout out to gina garbutt for putting up with me and giving birth to me yeah. um but this was really weird for me because my mum's next door neighbor was listening to the rocket dolls yeah and i was just like i definitely haven't influenced this in any way like it's so strange to me that they know who the Rocket Dolls are without me as a connector, if that makes sense. That sounds like I've got a massive ego, but yeah, it's just it. weird that that music <laughs> exists for everyone to listen to. Yeah, no, you and have got a massive ego. You have got a massive yeah. ego because you're a bass player. Yeah, yeah, massive, I, yeah, huge. I, I joke, I joke. Barely get through the door, mate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's as big as my uh, scale length on the frets. Yeah, exactly. There we go. So next question is how has COVID affected your life and how much of a nuisance slash disruption has it been for yourself? Right. That's, that's an interesting one, that, because, um, well, I suppose the biggest revelation during COVID was I actually had my first eye test in my lifetime. Oh, right. Yeah. First ever eye test. And I found out that I might need glasses. Mm. And I was like, I was like, and tonight I've written a load of notes out to yeah. answer your questions. And I've had to put on a pair of glasses to read the bloody notes. And that's the first oh, time yeah. in my life I've had to do that. So <laughs> it was like, <laughs> so what I did is I ended up, I, worked, was it Spec I went to Specsavers. Yeah. And, uh, and they, of course, I'd never done it before. So she, was go, she said, I'm um, going to choose a load of glasses to put in this plastic pot or whatever. Yeah. So I walked around and I was like, afterwards, I was like, hang on a minute. This is going to cost me up to I don't know, <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And I was yeah. like, 
hang on a minute, don't they sell like glasses in the pound shop? <laughs> so yeah. I basically I went over. No, I ended up in home bargains, and I bought a pair yeah. of plus one glasses for one pound seventy nine p. Nice. And I thought I thought that would do because it's only for like, like a little bit of reading, really. Kind yeah. Of thing, you know. And yeah, I thought, yeah. So that was the biggest. That was the biggest revelation during COVID for me. Uh, <laughs> nice. That was no. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> I bet you've had some interesting answers though about this, though, haven't you? I've had some like proper long answers about this. Really, COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah go on sorry yeah basically i wrote my notes i wrote it was pretty good but also bad yeah 2020 was amazing but 2021 started off a bit duff but it's got a lot better but still feels a bit weird yeah it's 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 kind of i mean all the years i've lived on this planet i've been through a lot of different things yeah but nothing can prepare you for what actually happened it was yeah, just, the fact that it did happen as well is weird. It completely. So I, the thing is, I feel what I, it kind of affected, like my kids, it affected my daughter because, of course, she'd left school. Yeah. Um, didn't have all the usual, she didn't take her exams and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's okay. Didn't think about that. No worries. So yeah, your daughter's exam. Sorry. Yeah, it was just the fact that I think I felt sorry for like all the people that kind of like their lives kind of stopped, and yeah. they, it stopped in a in a way that they couldn't experience life normally. Mm. Yeah, like, I think that's probably the biggest. I mean, for me personally, it's fine, but it was like I think for like like school yeah. children, nurses, doctors, you know, just everybody really who were yeah, who were on the front line and stuff, whatever. It was a bit of a bloody nightmare, to be quite honest. Yeah. You know? And, um, yeah, a real test to the waters of like day to day life for them. Yeah, yeah, and also it's kind. Of, the, I think the thing that came out of it was interesting. That I kind of assumed was going to happen. I've discussed this with a lot of people. It, I think the world was getting a bit ridiculous and got yes. a bit bonkers, and it was getting too much. And this was, felt like a bit of a reset. And yeah, I kind of thought. Or- you know, I thought with well, this kind of reset, I thought, you know, things will start to change for the better. Yeah. Post-COVID, it's kind mm. of creeping back to what it was. So no one's actually learned anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this kind of utopia that you kind of hoped was going to come out the other side hasn't quite yeah. managed to materialise. And whether or not it will, I don't know. But human yeah. beings are human beings, aren't they? I mean, we yeah. live in a... And I, I'm not going to get into politics and capitalism. No, I, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly that word. Yeah, capitalism. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know where I'm going They're to go. With, you know, but it's yeah. yeah. I think it was a bit of a, a bit of a shock to the system and a bit of a fright. Yeah. Um, and then it just kind of goes to show that really, at the end of the day, all the other different systems of living mm. got kicked back out the window yet again. <laughs> it's yeah. Like it's a bit like it's a bit like the th- the fear of evolution. You know, Darwinism. It's just one theory. Yeah. And it's like plenty of other theories. And then a lot of people are going to start calling me a crackpot and kind of <laughs> like conspiracy theories and all this sort of stuff. But it's not because it's based like all fact. It's all based on, well, anything to do with space, whatever. It's just based on data. Yeah. And it's not, it's science. It's not fact, is it? Yeah. Conspiracy theories are conspiracy theories until they're true and then they're fact. Yeah, see, I'm I'm still not a big believer that we landed on the moon, but then again, we won't go no. into that. But um, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> but let's not go into that. So we're talking about COVID, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. 
<clears throat> yeah, it's, I suppose the best way to describe it is like, it felt like a bit of a calming down in a funny yeah. kind of way. And I, I know, I know a lot of people died. A lot of yeah. people suffered. A lot of people are still suffering and a lot of people are still dying. So yeah. it's kind of like what the, the, the global effect is pretty huge and it's still going on. Yeah. Um, I just think personally, it got like a little bit egocentric in regards to whatever country you were in. Yeah. It was kind of just about that country and we kind of forgotten about the world. Um, yeah, I get that. In a funny kind oh. of way. But it was the fact, the thing that was interesting was the fact that when we were told we had to stay in, everyone did it. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the thing that was kind of amazing that people did kind of abide by the rules. Yeah. People that I know that call, that call themselves side call themselves self-styled anarchists. Mm. You know, it was kind of interesting, really. Um, it was almost like all those people that were against the system and stuff, and whatever, ended up being part of that system. It's quite a it's really weird. Yeah. It's really yeah. weird time, isn't it? It's but, like a social um, experiment, isn't it? Yeah. And in this 18 months of dealing with this, I've seen one person who is outlier, completely not going to take any of this bullshit lying down. And he was actually walking through Asda of all places without a mask, yeah. um, basically preaching of how this is just an excuse for the government to rein back control of us. And I, I just said, look, mate, I'm sorry, but you're in the middle of the, uh, the aisle with the custard creams. So yeah. you yeah, go yeah. be a fucking nutter somewhere else because I need to get my biscuits. Yeah, I right. think it's crackpots yeah. crack everywhere, isn't there? Absolutely. And it's sort of like, you know, it's, it'd be a, a huge ruse, wouldn't it? A yeah. huge social experiment to get that to work. And admittedly, yeah. admittedly, underneath all that, there have probably have been experiments in regards yeah. to things going on because it's just, you know, that's just the way things go, isn't it, really? Yeah. At the end of the day. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You need your custard creams. Absolutely. I suppose, I suppose we'll get onto biscuits at one point, won't we? Yeah, we will. Um, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, in, in regards to still answering the COVID thing, yeah, um, it's best way to describe it. Two thousand, the best way to describe it. Two thousand and twenty was quite a good year. Mm. In regards, it was I was actually quite busy. Yeah, I had still had work in, and I've done quite a bit of work this year, but mm. obviously nowhere near the level what I would normally do. Yeah, and that kind of forced me to. I had quite a massive change in life. Yeah. Um, which was basically, it was pre-2019, I think things started to go a little bit crap because I can't see something coming. And once March hit, hit, it was sort of like, in regards to, because I'm a uh, limited company director yeah. of a limited company, obviously, a director of a limited company, I got no government support for 18 months. Right. <clears throat> um, so I was one of the, was it, uh, was it two and a half million limited company directors in the UK that got no help at all? So yeah. obviously that was a massive, massive thing. And that, that I ended up, I've moved back to home with my parents. Yeah. Um, and what I've had to do is I've had to rent my own house out. Oh, okay. So, so I've rented my own property out, um, uh, which was a bit of a t bit of turmoil kind of thing, but it was really quite hand, you know, handy. My mum and dad were here and they've helped out and stuff and whatever. Something yeah. I never thought I would ever do. Yeah. Um, kind of thing, because obviously I got divorced a few years ago. Mm. um stuff whatever so yeah and then with like the lack of work and just you know his needs must 
at the end of the day it's, there was yeah. no way around it and the problem is i was sat there kind of you know with people getting help left right and center and i'm kind of going mm. and we, we ended up do, doing a lot of campaigning with martin lewis all right yeah um and he was doing quite a lot and we tried and tried and tried to do load of um online groups facebook groups and all this sort of stuff uh, yes. called excluded uk but it was just i mean there were some right horror stories yeah people that just some people took their own lives some people just went bankrupt i mean oh i think God. the problem is about it is is that really the post disastrous stuff hasn't mm. really come out yet you know the statistics and stuff i think we're still waiting to see a bit of i'm not trying to be all doom and gloom but for a lot no of people, i get it yeah it wasn't good it wasn't very good at all and, no i, I mean, totally get it and i'll be getting back to my own home because i've obviously yeah. had rent it out for a period of time so i can't get back there so so it's kind of like you know i've got to wait till the tenancy ends basically ends of the day mm. um and then i can get back in and of course because of covid any mm. people that rent properties obviously <clears throat> that was a bit of a nightmare for for landlords uh yeah, us, yeah. Us greedy landlords you know you know kind of mm. thing um you know capitalism and all that sort of stuff <laughs> and all that sort of business um yeah. that we couldn't get back in because it was like six you have to give six months notice Whereas like yeah. a tenant can only give you a month's notice. There's lots of like rules, which mm. is good, but also for someone like me, uh, yeah. it's not good. <laughs> so, it's, so it's kind of like no, I must, had to do things, didn't want to do, but I'll get, yeah. you know, you kind of get through it, don't you, at the end of the day. But um, yeah. that's just life. And I don't look at that negative. That is life. Yeah. You know, it's just a positive thing. It's just all yeah. the other things that had happened and have done have been pretty cool, like music and stuff. It's been saving yeah. grace, really. Those at the end of the day mm. yeah you got to have something to do haven't you staring at a wall's not going to help it well, drives really people not. crazy how, doesn't how, it? how did you how did you survive through lockdown then how did you find it yeah mate so i've been remote working for the last 18 months on and off obviously when the restriction um has when the eases come in yeah. i don't know how else to say that really when everything got a bit calmer We've been able to go into the office a lot more. Right. Um, I've still been seeing my son at the weekends because that would drive me mad if I couldn't do that because that would really feel like the carpet was coming off. Yeah. Um, under my feet sort of thing. Um, my girlfriend's had a few jobs here and there to just make ends meet. Um, yeah. She was doing care work for a little bit. Um, and now she's got a more stable job, which is good. Yeah. Um, so I think I've pretty much come off relatively unscathed i haven't been furloughed i've always earned 100 percent of my wages yeah it's just a bit of an inconvenience really but in the grand scheme of things i yeah. don't really I have mean, much to moan about I mean, yeah well i haven't really to be quite honest it's been really yeah. it's been fine but it's just like you have to do things yeah. that you don't necessarily want to do but you can't do if you know what i mean yeah and like yeah it's, it's still been good you know yeah. um, we're, we're we're actually really fortunate you know yeah a lot of people a lot of people have been through, you know well people have died yeah you know, i mean what, what's, what's yeah, how can it get worse yeah yeah, yeah, yeah definitely that's, that's bad. you know people have really suffered it's been awful yeah. you, know, you know whatever but um mm. but then again i always look try to look on the positive side of stuff and basically yeah whatever happens happens you know it doesn't yeah. doesn't matter if you're living on the street <clears throat> whatever or whatever you're doing living out of a car there's no yeah. reason not to be positive <laughs> do you know what i mean it's just it's yeah just i do yeah. you're in and you can always get out of it you know, there's always yeah. a way to there's always a way to find a way out of it. You know, there's always yeah. help at the end of the day. 
it's the whole time and energy paradox isn't it of yeah. if you genuinely want something you'll put the time in and you'll put the energy in and then the engine will start moving forwards yeah um but if you don't put any time or any energy into anything then you'll be in exactly the same position in a week from now yeah exactly and it's, uh, the, one, so, the one thing that came out of it really was like um the word happy you know to yeah. actually be happy is kind of like quite a key word really and that was the key mm. to it really is like being happy in your life yeah um being happy with everything's happening around you and whatever you know you know you've got good friends good family yeah. Good yeah. great children and all that sort of stuff so it's kind of like you know that's that was that's pretty cool at the end of the day it's kind of but then again yeah you know it's been uh, one thing can't stress enough it's been really horrible for a lot of people you know yeah people with mental health issues people that are ill yeah know, just well i can't begin to imagine to be quite honest what it must have been mm. like you know it's just definitely a nightmare i should imagine um, yeah for a lot of people the best way to look at it in my opinion is just treat this whole thing as a wake-up call and yeah. help it decide what you want and help it decide what you need to do to make that thing happen if you want to become a professional sourdough maker or a, you know you want to sell some stuff off your own back rather than working for the man yeah it's capitalism <laughs> we haven't mentioned that word in a while <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or the thing yeah socialism um socialism, or, the, yeah. or communism that's um, it yeah i'm not gonna use any other ones um it's it's like uh, what's, i was thinking about this the other day it's i came up with this little statement it was like what you do is enough do you know what i mean what yeah. you actually do in your life is enough whether or not you do nothing or you yeah. do something you're actually here but it, you yeah. know, no one should judge anyone for doing what they do. It's just, well, apart from obviously people that do things that shouldn't be doing. I mean, obviously that's not allowed, but um, yeah. <laughs> like capitalism yeah. um, no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> or, or eating things, eating the wrong biscuits, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's one of, no. probably one of the worst things actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel that. That's probably, pretty have, much, um... that's probably pretty much COVID covered. Yeah, I have been jogging quite a lot. I've been jogging at least twice a week since lockdown. Because I said to myself, like the whole wake up call thing, like I just mentioned, was if I am going to start jogging, then I need to start now. Yeah. And the second best time to start was yesterday. Right. Um, and I've been holding myself to account quite heavily on that and going straight after work. So I don't get home, sit on the sofa and think of an excuse not to do it. Yeah. Even um, TV. Yeah. It's just as soon as you sit down your body kind of relaxes doesn't it yeah well some some of us yeah. do but the, the thing, again someone told me years ago the only time you should be running is if a tiger's chasing you <laughs> we haven't really got that problem in the uk though have we not really no no shout out to all the uh, listeners in australia and uh, yeah yeah exactly Africa, yeah. Yeah, yeah wherever you've got lions or tigers or whatever exactly right yeah. so that's covid pretty much squared away so We've got a fan question for you. Oh, have you? A fan? So we got someone on Facebook earlier called Al Bristow. Yeah, I recognise that name, actually. Yeah, I don't know who it is, but they asked to join the podcast group on Facebook, so I let them in. That's good, that's good. That's and good. the way they went. So they asked two questions. Yeah. So they want to know, for the silence video for Hymune, Yeah. they want to know what you did to get a good budget what software you use to record the video and what production quality you would recommend and how you got the production quality you did. 
that's that that's, an, that's an interesting one because that's why I asked Mike. Well, basically, Mike did it all, pretty much. Um, you know, Mike's the bassist in the band, yeah, uh, and singer and songwriter. Um, yeah. I did a bit of art direction in it, basically. I, yeah. I went around much and did a bit of art direction and stuff, and then whatever, and some bits and pieces. Did we all did? Um, trying to remember, we did. Basically, what we did, we did this filming in Mike's spare room on green screen. Oh wow! Okay, and that was all shot on GoPros, if I remember, or camera. Yeah. It was shot on GoPros, and basically, Mike pretty much put it together. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't know what software he used. But that's why I sent the question to Mike because it'd be better actually to actually yeah, yeah. answer it. But yeah, apart from a bit of art direction for me and a bit of design bits and pieces on it, it was just all filmed against green screen. Um, yeah. And Mike filmed like his son, his sons in there. Um, yeah. bit of animation work so apart from that Mike pretty much did most of it really because yeah. he does a lot of games and stuff so it's his more of his kind of like thing yeah he did an amazing job on it yeah I've spoken to Mike a couple of times about like coding and sort of yeah his yeah, background in the IT space obviously yeah, I've got yeah, a yeah. common so interest with person, him yeah I'm I'm kind of more visuals I suppose really but he's the one to yeah. talk about software and stuff what he was doing and all that kind of stuff. So I can't yeah. really answer all of those questions. That's cool. I'll have to I, get them on at some point. Yeah, I had the easy job. I had the easy job of doing a bit of, <laughs> bit of art direction and a bit of graphics. Yeah. And just standing so, there with my guitar. <laughs> so the one thing we can say is GoPros. I think it was GoPros or was it? A, it might have been a... I think it was either GoPros or it was just a normal digital cat. You know, like a... Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, what you call a... I can't think of the right bloody name of it. Um, yeah, just a normal SLR camera. Like a handy cam. Yeah, digital. Digital SLR. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. DSLR, yeah. If I remember rightly. So there's, there's, there's nothing like, there's no mystique in it. It's just kind mm. of, I suppose, like, we've all got our talents, if you know what I yeah. mean. And there's yeah. a way around. There's a way around doing stuff without spending lots of money. But the problem oh, yeah. is that it takes yeah. lots of time. Yeah. An effort. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's about sort of just going for it. That's about 50% of it is having the time to finish it all the way through. And 50% yeah. of it is asking people from outside of your sphere what they think before you press record sort of thing. Because yeah. there's a lot of times in the past where I've been tunnel visioned and I've watched it back on YouTube or wherever I've uploaded it and I thought this could have actually been quite a lot better. And it's about not taking it too personally in a sort of criticism perspective. And yeah, that's see, yeah. That, that's creative criticism. That's one of those yeah. things I learned very early on at art college. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I should really bore you to death now. Actually, no, sorry. a guy called Mike from well, it was it was it was when I left school. Yeah, uh, before I went to uni, I ended up doing some pre-degree courses and stuff. And um, and the lesson that I learned is that when I left school, it we were very much into this kind of really detailed kind of rope string pens sort of really lots of that dotted stuff that you see. It was oh, kind yeah. of really highly detailed stuff. We used to do lots of that. And that was the trend at that time back in the, I'm not even going to mention the, the decade because it was a long time. <laughs> um, but, yeah. But, um, yeah. And basically what happened was we were in a life drawing class and he basically said, right, you've got three hours. So there's, we've all got the easels around. There's about, foot, there's about 20 of us in the room. And he said, mm. you've got three hours to do a portrait of a nude. I think it was Mary. And I've got stories about that one as well, but I probably can't get <laughs> um, 
Yeah. I've got lots of stories like that. But um, uh, um, <laughs> basically, so we spent three hours doing these kind of portraits and these nudes and stuff and whatever. And he came back after three hours and he said, oh, have you all got on? And we went, yeah, really good. We've done some really good work kind of thing. He said, I want you to all go out the room now. So we all filed out the room and he brought in a bin. Um, right. He brought in like a steel bin. And right. we, so he carried the steel and we were all going, what's he got a steel bin for? So basically we went, we can smell burning. We can smell burning. That's a bit weird. Now, <laughs> now basically you can right. get away with this these days. So basically this isn't, this isn't an art college, okay? Yeah. Uh, I think it was in Dartington somewhere. And um, it was like in a room, in a room, it was like sealed. And basically mm. what he'd done is he put all of our drawings that we spent three hours on in a bin and burnt them. Yeah. And basically what the, and everyone, he, everyone kicked off. They were shouting, screaming, how dare you do with them pictures and all this stuff. And he said, mm. what I've done is I've taught you a valuable lesson. Don't be precious about anything. Yeah. Especially when it's creative. Don't be precious about it. You know, don't, don't <laughs> take anything to heart. Yeah. It's got nothing to do. It's not. It's bad or whatever. You've just learned a valuable lesson. And after that, mm. it kind of changed my outlook on in yeah. a way things are kind of throwaway, and it's that everything's subjective. Yeah. But that kind mm. of little story was kind of a nice little way of just him teaching us how to illegally burn stuff in an art college. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like valuable you can, lesson. Yeah, you, know, you couldn't do that this day. It'd be that'd be no. abuse, wouldn't it? It'd be abuse of our yeah, time, yeah. whatever it would be. You know, we take him to court and stuff but that was that was a harsh way of learning a lesson yeah you know you mm. never forget that you never forget that no yeah there's very few um teachers that i remember at school but um the best ones are the ones that have the the funny stories and the sort of anecdotes obviously there were a few people at my school that were a bit suspect let's leave it at that but there always are but, um, yeah the, there's always like one or two teachers that you remember and the rest was all just kind of feedback and sort of white noise of just like i am a teacher you are students you have to listen to what i'm saying and you're like mm, none quite, of this is going to stick quite, what's quite interesting is having children obviously my daughter's left school she's um probably going to be going to uni next year year after she's yeah. doing a levels now and obviously ben's be finishing school next year yeah. um what's interesting is is kind of seeing their perspective of school and really yeah. in the day nothing's really changed <laughs> really yeah you know yeah. apart from the fact that i think these days things get more hidden and it's all like we are a model school blah 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 we've got fantastic kids and it's yeah elsewhere back in my day it was kind of like which is a long time ago it was a bit um a bit suspect really to be quite honest i mean i, yeah. I don't i don't even remember learning to read and write or doing that yeah. i don't remember actually doing it i just felt like i knew how to do it because i remember my mum and dad said to me well we taught you that before you went to school yeah you know and i don't really remember learning much at all really apart yeah from, you know apart from it just seemed to be like fun really i suppose at the end of the day mm. but it's yeah very, i know what you mean but then again yeah it is very different these days in some ways yeah. but not in other ways you know you've still you've still got people fighting you've still got like people larking about you've still got people selling drugs on on yeah your premises you've still got bad kids you've got good kids you've got the goth kids you've got the yeah. whatever you know it's all, all the groups are there it's nothing yeah, different yeah, yeah. it's just kind of like the i suppose the brand i suppose is a bit different isn't it really yeah at the end of the day and and the teachers are too young <laughs> yeah i think ultimately not to get too philosophical 
because we're going to go to a break in a sec. I think ultimately the way school will change design is the way that we teach and the way that we learn. Yeah. And if you don't take those two foundations out, then I don't think we'll evolve because the education system to me seems very archaic. Yeah, I suppose it is really in a funny kind of way. They, the thing is, what I've noticed, they do change. They've changed since my two have been at school. They keep yeah. changing the system, the way they mark, the way they do stuff. Yeah. It's sort of like, there's, you, need, you need a kind of like, what's the, can't think of the right word, consistency. Yeah. You know, you need a system that works rather than keep changing it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It needs to be bespoke to the student as well. Yeah, I think, I really, personally, everyone should go to a Steiner school and learn by play. Yeah. Do you know about Steiner schools? No. No, go on. Yeah, Steiner schools, uh, I won't go too much into it because we're getting a break. Yeah, sorry. Steiner, yeah, yeah. Steiner schools are what I call that kind of like middle class arty kind of school that basically right. you basically learn through play and through doing stuff as opposed to okay. a, a kind of a defined goal, I suppose, really. Yeah. So it's a bit it's a bit hippie-ish, I suppose, really. But um mm-hmm. But then again, they should send more prime ministers to those schools, I think. But never mind. But yeah. I'm getting political again, you see. There we go. Slipping <laughs> back into the conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good idea. But then again, so... not you know, but then again, different schools are, are okay for different kids, aren't they, really? Not all kids are... Because we're all individuals yeah. now, apparently. Yeah, we are, yeah. Like, you can't teach a giraffe how to no. climb a tree. Well, through evolution, though, you could probably. Yeah, you could do, yeah. Yeah, but then again, I'm not even going to go to my theories about evolution. <laughs> Get the giraffe to learn how to headbutt the tree, and then the apple yeah. will come down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Then it just learns, learns by problem solved. By doing, yeah, exactly. That's it. So we're just going to go to a quick break, and then I'm going to ask about how Hamune came about, how it oh, all cool. sort of came together. Yeah. Um, we're just going to go to a quick grind fitness clothing company uh, advert. So we'll be right back. I'll send you a link in a sec, Stu. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Cheers. Just a quick reminder that you're listening to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. This show is officially sponsored by Grind Fitness and Sportswear Clothing. This active and healthy lifestyle company hails from Weymouth and Stu I. Check out their website, which is www grind limited which is ltd uk.com that's www.grindlimiteduk.com i've recently been given some of their products to test out and it's all been absolutely fantastic and very very comfortable to wear the base layer doesn't cling to you and you can really feel the quality of the clothing Get involved and start your own grind today. If you have any questions regarding any of their products, please feel free to drop me a message on my Instagram page, which is Absolute Bedlam Podcast, or drop Clayton, the CEO, a message on Instagram. His uh, Instagram page even is called Grind, which is G-R-N-D. We will be very happy to help you with any inquiries that you have on your way to start your own fitness adventure. Thanks again to Grind for allowing me to promote your products. Right then, back to it. Just to let you know that Grind are currently doing a 25% off everything on their store with my affiliate code, which is Bedlam2021. So that's B E D 
L-A-M for mother, 2021, which is the year that we live in. Bedlam 2021 at checkout for 25% off all products. Grind. Back to the episode. That was quick. That was quick. There we go. So, Hamoon. Actually, I was going to ask you quickly. I was going to ask you a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Do you get do you do you get people on these? I've listened. People where you get that nervous pause, and you go, "Are they going to say anything?" Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I sometimes think they've fallen off the call, so it's like I try to just put a brave face on and pretend that they're going to come back. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah. fake it till you make it, all that sort of thing. Yeah, I was just thinking you weren't going to edit it afterwards and add in words that weren't there. That's it. Yeah, no, I won't do that. That's too much time, mate. I, I don't have time yeah, for that. Yeah. Right, so, so, yeah. I mean. So, yeah, take us back to the very beginning. How did it all sort of come to a head and sort of what you're up to at the moment and all that sort of stuff? Let's right. uh, it. yeah. It'd probably be easier to go through what I'm up to at the moment, actually. Yes. <laughs> to start with. So yeah. I've, I've wrote some notes down. Cool. Um. So obviously with Immune, the last release we did was the Totality EP, and yeah. um, we, that obviously had silence on it. And we decided to do an EP because we just take so long to write stuff. Yeah, it yeah. just takes us ages to write stuff. And we're supposed to be—I mean, in theory, lockdown, this lockdown, mm. we, we could have written ten albums, but we kind of didn't. <laughs> and yeah. we've got we've got so many songs and so many riffs and ideas. But I mean, it would have been the third album that we work. Well, we are still working on the third album, but it just it just takes time, doesn't it? Of course. Um, and then obviously that totality EP, we did an acoustic version of the EP, which yeah. we never released. But what we did do, we did one of the acoustic versions that we did was Silence, which we did actually release that on YouTube as a, yeah. an acoustic version, okay. um, which was quite good fun. Because what we wanted to do, we wanted to prove that the songs that we write, we could do acoustically. Yeah, they translate on and uh... they translate, and they kind of do. I mean, yeah. not all of them, but most of them do. So we're still working on album three. Okay. Um, the things that we do need to do, we need to reorganise a UK tour and a European tour, which okay. we actually had booked in for 2020. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when COVID hit, we were like, you know, we're getting really excited, and all this stuff was happening. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, as to what's going to happen with that, I don't know. And just started talking to people again and other bands and stuff and see where it goes because it's i think now we're not oh god i'm, I'm going to mention the evil word brexit um okay. now we're not in europe it's mm. kind of thrown a spanner in the works again yeah. and so we'll just have to wait and see on that one yeah i have heard about that affecting even like massive bands yeah yeah, yeah it's hit everyone at the same I mean, time i mean if you think about it it's like the whole covid thing musically Mm. It's hit everybody. I mean, it's like, I mean, when you've got like bands like Machine Head that are kind of doing that, um, what's that thing they do online, that fundraising thing, where they do a fundraising thing so you can meet the band and drink with them. Oh, right. Okay. You know, to make some money, Patreon mm. or whatever it is, you're kind of thinking, Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're kind of thinking, what's happening in the world? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and those are yeah. like big, big bands kind of thing. Um, so yeah. We're working on that. UK and European tour eventually when that will be we don't know might be I reckon it'll be more like 2022 to be quite honest yeah um and we have had shows booked this side of the year but due to kind of other stuff going on like family holidays and covid yeah I mean to be quite honest I don't 
it, the gigs that we got offered just gone. I think um, Fisher Riddles, they basically just did one of the... Sh- well, we were going to play with Fisher's, Fisher Riddles and Urn. And yeah. I think that kind of got... Because that was pre the release date of the 16th, wasn't it? And then that, that date got shifted a couple of times and we just couldn't do it. Um, yeah. Keep shifting it around. And I think Fisher's played with them the other night, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Um, so I don't know, really, I've asked Mark always how that went down, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it just, I don't know, it just kind of partly feel maybe it's not 100% the right thing to do, to a degree. Yeah. It, yeah, you know, with a room full of packed people and, um, yeah. well, we're kind of assuming there's going to be a lot of people there, but they may not be. You know, you just don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I think there will be. Like, I spoke to Paul from Desolated on this. Yeah, and he was like, "I can't believe that we all used to like jump around and be sweaty with each other, and we're basically breathing each other's breath in." And yeah, weird world. We're quite disgusting when we're allowed to be, aren't we? Yeah, very much. Um, so yeah, I see what you're saying. I do think there will be an appetite when this all comes back. I'm not sure about the longevity of it, though. I think there'll be a sudden burst of, "Oh my God, we're allowed back out again." I think I, this. this, yeah. this kind of, sorry to interrupt. This kind of uh, goes. Okay. Back, this kind of goes back to my theory of when I first started talking of this, where the, everything was getting too much. Yeah. And I think the problem is, is that it's called mm. choice, and the word choice. Because I can remember when I was a kid, with a cho- yeah. there wasn't much choice. You would go into say somewhere like Sainsbury's. Yeah. And you'd maybe have, uh, I don't know, like two types of tea bags, Sainsbury's yeah. and pizza chips. That was the choice. Yeah. Whereas now you've got like stuff from all over the place you can go yeah. anywhere and buy stuff and i think i i'm not completely 100 convinced 100 convinced that choice is the best thing in a way i'm getting, getting a bit communist here aren't i no um, no you mean though decisiveness it, and sort of spending half a day figuring out what you want for dinner sometimes you know there used to be a fucking war on yeah exactly was, you literally got what you you know you got rations you weren't allowed to be fat you you yeah, 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 yeah. for the war effort. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's 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 it's. it's I just think is there was a lot of excess, and I think that was kind of happening. Yeah, in the world of music and art, everything, and yeah. dance and everything, it's like a bit sort of like, oh, I missed that gig. Oh, I didn't know that was on. Oh, but there's on that. There's that gig going on the same night, and then they're playing there. They're yeah. playing. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What one do I go to? Or oh, I don't know. And it's yeah, it's, it's basically communication. Mm. It's kind of a communication between like promoters about what nights this goes on and that goes on and this happens and that happens. And it yeah. just seemed to be like the communities just got disjointed and there was just too much going on because people were just making money. And then just kind of like, you know, not really thinking of capitalism again and yeah. not because everyone's got to survive. And yeah. I just think it was, it, it's a bit sort of like if you go on, I don't know, if you go on Spotify now, it's just like, there's so much to listen to. It's like, it just yeah. does your head in. You know, it's yeah. like, it's just like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, it just gets too much. And I think, I think there's pros and cons to it, but I just yeah. think it got a little bit out of hand where like there were just gigs and people playing constantly all the time, but like five people turning up or 10 people or maybe a yeah. hundred people. And it's sort of like, it'd be better to like have a gig once a month and 500 yeah. people turn up rather than 50 gigs with five yeah. people turn up each time. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of, I think... it, just, it just seemed that like everyone in the audience was in the band. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I like, think, I don't, and years ago, um, yeah, go on. You know, years ago, you'd kind of like, you'd go and see a band, but maybe a couple of people might be in a band in the audience. Yeah. You know, not everybody. 
Definitely. <laughs> I think by opening the world up and giving everyone everything they want all of the time, yeah, it's actually created a world of sort of overwhelming sense of entitlement and sometimes i am very very happy that i'm able to do this podcast and i love the fact that Mm. there's like youtubers making like hundreds of thousands of pounds a year and all that sort of stuff and essentially what i'm getting at is the fact that there doesn't seem to really within reason nowadays seem to be any gatekeeping no but there's kind of a reason why that existed in the first place because you had to pass a certain amount of checks to be able to get put on TV. Yeah. Whereas if everyone starts a YouTube channel, it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of surreal, isn't it? It's like everyone's famous now. Well, it's like that classic Andy Warhol, isn't it? Everyone will get their five minutes of fame. And little did he know, I mean, yeah, yeah. Little did he know years later, that's actually become really true. Yes. And it's kind of like, I mean, the, the content out there is just mind-numbing. Yes. Absolutely mind-numbing. And it's a, it's a bit, it's the same old thing. It's a bit sort of like, um, yeah. it's like, it, I suppose the best way to describe it is like, um, oh, wow, do you have to describe it? It's a bit sort of like anyone can get yeah. a laptop and some software and mm-hmm. create music, which is great, which is absolutely brilliant, which is fantastic. Yeah. But... It means that they also do photography. Yeah. They're a photographer or they're a painter or they're a potter or they're an artist or they're a, or they make soap or they, or they mm. do this or they do that or they're, or they, um, they fix cars. And it seems to be like everybody, well, I suppose, I suppose it's a bit like for me, really, that there was like people would do have professions and you do the profession. And I don't really remember many people having like hobbies, you know, because that that profession was their kind of hobby to a degree. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you might you might do some knitting in the evening or something like that. And, so, and rather than mm. like like these days, it's like if you do a bit of knitting, everyone's yeah. got to know about it, or everyone's got to order off you. Oh, I can sell this. I can buy this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can buy this from me. And that's what's happened. Yeah, is that everyone's trying to make a bit of money by doing some yeah. like hard. You know, and then that takes away money from someone else that does it professionally. Yeah. So it's it's great in one way that everyone can be creative and it's easier to do stuff. Mm. But the one thing I suppose like talking about the whole music thing, I think the, the whole creativity isn't there. What was that that was there? Yeah. You know, you're not really gonna get I mean, some of the bands I'll list in a minute <clears throat> we talk about top five albums and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, most of it's old stuff because it's kind of like that kind of that level of creativity through adversity isn't there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you've done this, but okay, I'm I'm not having a go, but no, um, I'm not having a go at people. But this is this is like a classic one that I find. So basically, so okay, we're on tour. We're going to do three dates or whatever it is. Mm. But years ago, we used to sleep in a van or on the floor, or maybe try and find someone's room to live in yeah uh, or something like that there'd be someone at the gig that might put us up and give us some food and stuff and I was, yeah. and when we started doing Hamune, we were playing shows i was kind of going where are you staying i was staying in a hotel yeah and i'm like i'm like what i thought well we we're used to like roughing it it's that that's the yeah. fun of it yeah. staying in a hotel it's like why would it's like you haven't made enough money to stay in a hotel yeah you know the whole mm-hmm. idea of going on tour was like you were trying to make money and you were sleeping on people's floors and stuff because yes. you didn't have money to actually pay for a hotel room. 
you know <laughs> you know yeah and it, it's yeah. Kind of, Kind of that, I just found that kind of quite weird, really. It's kind of like, you know, why not rough it? Because that's the part of the fun of it. You know, it's a bit yeah. like, like the classic um, Black Flag book, Get in the Van. Yeah. I think yeah. Get in the Van, isn't it? Well, just, you just live, you just, I've done that, you know, we've slept in the van. I mean, I don't know if Rick's listening to this, but me and Rick, if, mm-hmm. the classic, we've, we've slept in the car numerous times. Yeah. Numerous times, you know, and whatever, and just wake up and you've got a gig the next day. And you, you know, it's this like, yeah, I know that sounds like insane, but it's all part of, of um, the enjoyment of it. You've got the stories and stuff, whatever, haven't you? Yeah. Just yeah. um, just to chime in on that quickly before I forget, because I will forget. Do you know anyone with a copy of that Get in the Van book by Henry Rollins? Yeah, me. Have you got one? <laughs> yeah, I've got loads of stuff like Mate, that. Mate, I can't find that book for love nor money. I've got a lot of his books, actually. I um, I will actually. I'm not joking. I will actually pay you if I can borrow you, that off you. Why don't you go to? Uh, is it what's his what's his website called? Is it um twelve thirteen sixty one? Isn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah, I know he's a uh, very well, established author. I think it's his birthday, isn't it? If you if you go online, yeah, or even if you email him, he will email you back. Really? Yeah. Mate, I've got to get him on here if he's going to talk to me. Because that's one of the other things that's really happened is the yeah. world's got smaller. So people that yes. you kind of like used to look up to or your your heroes, yeah, will actually get back to you. Well, that's not necessarily true. People used to anyway, but it's like yeah, it's easier. It's just easier. It's easier. It's more accessible, isn't it, to write an but, email? Yeah, but it's not. It's not like having a nice handwritten letter sent to you. Yeah, in yeah, California, yeah. is it? But it's it's yeah. kind of it's still quite good. Yeah, like or, yeah, you should try his website because he's got loads of they do lots of repress. I'll have a look. Yeah. I'll frame the email, mate, if he replies to me. I'm not even joking. Henry yeah. Rollins is one of my biggest inspirations ever for just doing shit and just seeing what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind yeah, of like they grow. I mean, I grew up, I mean, that shows how old I am. I grew up buying all the Black Flag records from Day yeah. Dot. I mean, that's kind of, I, yeah. know, as, they were, as they were released, I bought them. You know, that's kind of crazy, really. When you think yeah. Just to um, add to your van story as well, like, I think a lot of this comes down to what your intention is with the music that you write yeah. and to me Hamune sounds a bit anti-establishment and a bit sort of we don't need the man we can do this by ourselves and obviously staying in a hotel directly conflicts with your message behind that whereas roughing it goes hand in hand with that sort of stepping away from the system yeah that's interesting yeah. that you pick that up actually yeah that's interesting. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose you're right, really, in a way. Yeah, I suppose that's. I suppose because we do come from that background to a degree. Yeah. That, come from that kind of like punk, anarcho, hardcore yeah, kind yeah. of thing. And also, so does, does Mike and Rick to a degree. So it's kind of like, you know, yeah. so the, the thing that's really ironic about it is that oh, it was kind of, kind of funny because how do I explain this? I don't actually like metal. Okay. It's, that's the best the best way this we're not really metal heads mm. Mm. you know we're no, not we, 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 i don't know what we are actually but <laughs> we're not metal heads <laughs> I um, it was quite it was quite weird going back to the whole immune 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 to humans immune thing okay. was basically we got together for a set of circumstances yeah that we, we've got a lot of history when we go back a number of years together as yeah. the three three of us but it was um trying to think what my point was what was i talking about um complete yeah when we started gigging for some reason we got chucked into that kind of doomy uh, yeah metal 
scene that we really hadn't I mean I'd listened to I mean obviously I'm a massive fan of like a lot of a lot of bands like Buzz Oven and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um and I you know like you know um Caius and all that sort of stuff. Oh yeah. And we got kind of chucked into that kind of like Doomer, Stoner, Metal yeah. scene. And it was a scene that we not none of us well apart from Rick a bit, none of us had really played in in yeah. that kind of arena. And it was a bit of an eye opener. Because <laughs> it was like we were kind of finding it wasn't very right on. Yeah. And it was sort of like, oh, uh, okay, this is kind of like a completely different scene that we weren't used to. But it was kind of enjoyable at the same time, you know. And we met some, we've met some great people. Yeah. You know, but it's like, and then, but the problem with it was, is we kind of got, did a few gigs early on with a more punk hardcore scene, but we kind of got a bit more shunned by that and ended up in the metal scene because we were playing in the metal scene. Mm. We didn't kind of go transverse back to the kind of like DIY yeah. scene. Yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah, I don't think that's so much of a thing anymore. It kind of it. Well, uh, I'd explain. It. it is if you look yeah. for it. Yeah, it's yeah, quite, yeah. I mean, you've got a lot of stuff like Bob Villain. I mean, mm. I've just I've just booked some tickets for me and my son to go and see Discharge. Um, oh yeah. I mean, obviously they're doing their 40th anniversary tour. I mean, I I remember yeah. seeing. I mean, this God, this sounds bad, doesn't it? I remember <laughs> seeing them when they first started in Stoke on Trent. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's how, and they've done that's forty years ago. That's gone really quickly. Mind you, I was at, still at school. Mm. Um, I was quite young, but um, okay. so yeah, that's kind of interesting. But they're still bashing away at it, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. But there is an un- there is an underground. There's an underground of lots of music and lots of genres. But you've got to really look for it, which ironically yeah. is a bit doesn't make sense because it should be easier to access. It should be a bit more in your face, really, shouldn't it? Yeah, there is a, there is an underground there is an underground scene, but um. Yeah. yeah. Have I spoken enough about that? Hamoon, how did we get yeah. together? Should I talk about that? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, short story is, well, it's a bit random, actually, really. I mean, we would, um, so we've done loads of bands over the years, and basically we were doing some kind of doomier, grungier type bands, and then yeah. all those bands kind of didn't work out. And Well, what happened was is Rick turned around one day and said, oh, I'm going to play drums. Yeah. Yeah. He was a bass player in another band we did called Ficus and um, kind of a bit of an indie band. And he said, mm. oh, we said, OK, then we, we created this band called Dissension Revolt. Yeah, we did an album and we recorded it at uh, Chuckalumba. We, they did. Um, John did all the Electric Wizard albums down in Dorset. Oh, right. Um, and bands like that. he's done Dead Witches and all that kind of stuff. Um, we recorded that, I think, over a couple of days. We did a whole album over a couple of days. Wow. And then Rick just learned to play the drums on doing that. <laughs> and then basically we kind of did that and did a few other bands and nothing really worked out. Some nightmare yeah. stories, some good stories, whatever. Anyway, yeah. um, what happened was is me and Rick were just chatting one day and mm. um, we had a singer in it called Jamie. He was kind of, he was into it, but wasn't into it. And right. um, I just happened to get in contact with Mike because Mike originally tried, I knew Mike from years ago and he'd originally tried out a second guitarist in a band he used to do called Older Than Dirt right. um, back in the 90s and that didn't work out but um, I just got in contact with him after not speaking to him for years I said oh do you fancy you still play bass fancy having a go and he went yeah right then yeah so the four, of, four of us got together and we'd have a few songs did a few songs written and I, I was doing some vocals in it and then yeah. Jamie kind of left and it left the three of us just to create this band 
and we just we, we, we because we had all similar ideas we had similar tastes and yeah. we we're all in the same way same wavelength yeah it just kind of worked and that's how it started basically yeah um and it's been that way ever since as we always say our rehearsals are more like therapy sessions yeah yeah <laughs> than rehearsals you yeah, know it was, it was that, of, yeah. you know we just get on really well and it just works for the three of us because mm. um we're all on the same wavelength to a degree i suppose yeah you know so i think from that i've recently discovered that basically bands boil down to the fact that you either grow up with them and go to school with these people and then you decide that you're all going to join a band after school yeah or you follow the renegade cycle and you try and find the best people from an area and you all amalgamate your talents together and it sounds to me like that was immune basically pretty much so. yeah we go grabbing people at random so to speak and then obviously you were keeping their phone number and finding yeah, out when I mean, they were available I mean, all three of us have been in i suppose i mean if you go and buy um so if you go i don't know if you go and buy like um i've got one here actually uh, yeah like do you know ian glasper the author yeah um i've obviously me mike and rick are in quite a few of his books all right uh, the latest one i'm in the scene that would not die so they're basically books about the different decades of punk and hardcore in the okay. uk and so we're in a lot of those books because we used to play in a lot of um, bands like Rick used to be in Corporate Grave. I used yeah. to, uh, we used to be in Older Than Dirt together, mm. loads of other different bands. Um, Mike used to be in Killjoy. And there's a lot of links to a lot of back, yeah. called that hardcore underground scene. Mm. So obviously that's that's where we come well, where we kind of come from. Yeah, um, yeah. So we've done all these things where we've supported like Green Day, No Effects, and yeah. all those kind of bands, and done all that stuff, and that whole kind of DIY scene. Yeah, definitely. So that's yeah. that's kind of where we come from, really. Is that I mean, you know, and then yeah. going back to school, we were playing in kind of what we kind of thought were metal bands, yeah, and hardcore bands and punk bands and all kinds of stuff. So we've done a lot, a lot of stuff over the years. Mm. Um, yeah, and I suppose just Hamim was like, it's a weird one because it just works yeah you know it's one of those things it's like you know some bands there's always some issue with somebody yeah. or something whereas there's the three of us we just kind of work mm. it's like there's like a harmony there yeah you seem you know, to just is... come together and everything's like yeah. you've met for the first time yeah it's, it's kind of quite a rare thing mm. really to be quite honest mm. you know? yeah i get you shout out to killjoy as well i haven't heard them in fucking ages yeah 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 exactly yeah so like they you know, were great there's, yeah there's just some great you know, there's been some great bands and some great bands around. And people mm. played in some great bands. And I still, I mean, there's still great bands around now, but yeah. it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, I kind of gave up collecting records and stuff quite mm. a few years ago, but I can't keep up with it. I yeah, just, I get that. I, I don't have the money. I can't keep up buying vinyl and buying records. I've got enough. Do you know what I mean? I've got enough. Yeah, yeah, I've got yeah. like 40 years of collecting vinyl and stuff. Yeah. I can't, I don't need any more. Mm. <laughs> you know, I just haven't got the room. Yeah, yeah, if there's any um self storage containers near Stu's location, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up, that would kind of help, kind of thing. Make some capitalism happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Right. Yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to go to a quick break, um, and then we're going to talk about your design company, Blast Factory. Ooh, okay, cool. So we'll switch gears a little bit, then we'll okay, talk about cool. video games and top three albums, top five albums, and then yeah. I'm going to hit you with some proper random questions. Cool. So get ready to not get ready. I'll speak okay. to you in a second. Hey guys, just a quick ad read. 
Ocean Bottle. I recently reached out to this company as I thought their mission statement and attitude were absolutely fantastic. Support livelihoods, stop ocean plastic. These award-winning bottles come in a range of colours, including ocean blue, forest green, obsidian black and sun orange. Each bottle that is bought means the equivalent of 1,000 plastic bottles kept out of the ocean in places where plastic pollution is actually at its worst. These are 100% dishwasher safe and contained double-walled vacuum seals and are made from insulated stainless steel. They keep your cold drinks cold and your hot drinks hot. Join the award-winning team and get your own at www.oceanbottle.co. The current discount code I have access to is on my Instagram page, so please check out the Absolute Bedlam Podcast Instagram page on there to see the most recent one. Thanks to Ocean Bottle for allowing me to spread the good word of environmental sustainability. I cannot wait to get my own Ocean Blue one soon with my podcast logo front and centre. Anyway, back to the episode. So, let's get straight into it. Blast Factory. Yeah. What's that all about then? Uh, well, it's a little design agency, really. I mean, I've been a, I've been a graphic designer for, mm. well, pretty much. Well, I kind of say I've been a graphic designer since I was at school. Yeah. Because when I was at school, I got commissioned to do a lot of illustration work for the Abbey National Building Society. Oh, wow. Okay. My art teacher recommended me. There's a bizarre connection. Yeah. And then I ended up doing quite work for it at school. You know, that's 50 quid in illustration was a lot of money back in those days. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I ended up working for... And then just before I left school, I ended up doing illustration work for the Psychologist magazine in London. So oh, cool. I was doing So I was doing, I was doing work on the side with illustration work, and I thought, well, I can make money out of this. Yeah. And it was kind of like... Because I, I, I suppose I come from quite an arty kind of background, I suppose. I'm quite... I'd rather be an artist... <laughs> If you yeah. know what I mean. I'd rather mm. be an artist, but it was a way of having to make money to survive and yeah. to live kind of thing. So hence going to like art college, university and all that stuff. Mm. And then going into graphic design was the commercial side of actually making some money. Yeah. Um, I suppose at the end of the day. Mm. And then hopefully one day I may be able to go back to because I kind of grew up I was born in Hampshire, born in Basing, yeah. but my parents moved down to my well, best place there, Torquay um when we were about 10 and 11 years old yeah we went to secondary school down there and i i did a lot of stuff around dartons and totness and you know it's quite arty and stuff dartmouth and it's quite arty down there yeah and um i kind of got to meet a lot of different kind of arty people and stuff and i thought oh this is quite cool mm. um but also while i was doing that i, I, I was playing in bands and the route i wanted to take was either to do something commercial so I could make some money, but also play in bands and hopefully one day be a famous guitarist. But yeah. um, that, that never happened. But um, well, it kind of did to a point, but it, it never got sort of, you know, to that big level. You know, everyone's got their stories of when they were signed and did albums and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, it's a tough business. Yeah. You know, like a lot of businesses really. Mm. Um, so I've still got a lot of mates that from that era that basically none of them are in design at all anymore. Yeah. You know, most I think I'm one of the few people that's continued to do it. Mm. Um, and I started Blast Factory 10 years ago, actually. Yeah. Two months ago, it was my 10th anniversary. Nice. Um, 
So it's had its ups and downs. And the one thing that I'd learned though, working for other people was when you're working for other people, they're making money out of you. But but it was a big jump to do it and a massive jump to just jump out and do it. Didn't have any money to do it with, just literally walked out. Not literally walked out, but pretty much walked out and just did it and it worked. Um, Luckily enough. Um, And the thing that I'd learned is the fact that, hang on a minute, I can make a lot of money for doing a lot less. Yeah. <laughs> Which was kind of like, well, how much were they making out of me? So it was kind of like, you know, you do that kind of like, I suppose it's apprenticeship, isn't it, really, for a number of years kind of thing. And the problem yeah. is I I learned pre-computer. Yeah. So it was all, it was pre, the Macs didn't come in until like the eight, late 80s, early 90s. So I didn't, yeah, it was about 90, oh, was it like 92, 93, I suppose, really. The yeah. first came in that we had so that that kind of changed the game and the thing that was interesting that all the people that were doing um all the old school stuff as soon as the computers came in they kind of left because they couldn't deal with it you know so yeah, quit. Different discipline different technology because i was young i picked it up really quickly and yeah. the thing that was really weird training training in a kind of traditional sense was quite weird then having to do it like on computer and stuff like that even today i just kind of think it's gone it's changed drastically yeah and, you know it was social media and stuff and whatever it's still fundamentally the same because the thing at the end of the day it's still about making money for people yeah <laughs> it's, you know it's branding it's the way companies work the way companies sell stuff because ultimately at the end of the day any design you do or any design any brand whatever it is you you do it's about making people be aware of that company and therefore making money. So yeah. in effect, from my politics, from that side of it, I don't mm-hmm. necessarily agree with it, but yeah, the commercial side of kind of like, it's just life, yeah. isn't it? You know, that's the way you've got to live. Yeah. That's um, what we need to survive, unfortunately. Yeah. And I did talk to a couple of designers mm-hmm. early on when I started the business that, that they called themselves green designers and then would only deal with companies that they thought were okay. Were okay. And let, well, those companies didn't last very long because, because mm. unfortunately you've got to end up working for, for some of the big boys kind of thing to make the money. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've, I've worked, I've worked with Mike on stuff and, you know, you end up doing work for like companies like Starbucks and mm. uh, P&O and, and all sorts of companies like that, that maybe yeah. you kind of, I don't know, it's, it's good for the portfolio, but it's not good for the uh, conscience. Mm. I get yeah. that. Yeah, I really do get that. Like, my my free sponsors on here are Grind Ocean Bottle and Archie Soul Grooming. Yeah. And um I did have in mind that I didn't want to fund like a oil company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um and you know, if you want to check out Ocean Bottle, I promise you'll never find another bottle better. But um Yeah. You know, it ultimately it it has to stop that whole like who gives a shit about the environment sort of attitude of like testing your makeup on animals and all that sort of stuff is really being called out now. And I think in an ideal world, green companies are good to work for, but when you're starting out, you kind of need to uh, dance with the devil a little bit as it were, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it's like a classic example. I won't name the band or the people, Mm. but like um, a very staunch Northern, what I would call left wing anarchist band. Um, The, I think it was the guitar, it was the bass player worked for Ford. Yeah. You know, in the design department. And it was sort of like, hang on a minute, you've got lyrics yeah. on this album that are kind of like anti-capitalist, yeah. 
stuff yeah. yet you're working for one of the biggest companies in the world and it's yeah. just, and it's that and the problem is it's kind of like and then the problem is it's like you've got to earn money and it's sort of like i mean you could you could stand by all your morals and stuff and whatever yes but i don't know yeah you could do but it's you, tricky isn't it you put yourself in a bit of a box by trying yeah. to be as free as possible you've actually restricted yourself yeah it's a difficult one the problem is we live in the modern world and it's very hard yeah. to be that i mean the thing is it's okay if if you had a great big lump sum of money and yeah yeah basically you didn't need to bother about that then yeah. fair enough but it's like you know it's sort of like i could get the problem i'm trying to steer away from poli my politics and politics yeah. kind of, because it's kind of like you know it's good go a bit AWOL in regards to stuff like that but um mm. but yeah I'm trying to keep it a bit lighter really let's <laughs> keep it a bit lighter you mean. but you know you do what you do and you've got to do what you do as long as you're not harming anybody or hurting anybody that's the kind yeah. of main thing today isn't it really yeah I don't know many people with pure clean hands nowadays no I don't think there are many people really to be quite we all kind of like buy from supermarkets we all buy from blah 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 that yeah. you, you, you know unless you live in a tent in a field in the middle of nowhere and growing your own vegetables and yeah you're a vegan and all that kind of yeah. stuff and th those the problem is those to do that these days is kind of it's harder to do that yeah with restrictions government restrictions and stuff whatever but we won't talk about bills that have been passed recently but anyway yeah yeah i know what um, you mean yeah you're uh, not in control anymore though like no well you as kind much of as you want to be fully compliant with everything like stuff like brexit comes out of nowhere yeah but the and thing, is, the thing is it's good we are still free but don't don't get me started on mobile phones and stuff but anyway yeah yeah, uh, yeah. um you know, i always remember i always remember a classic um alternative to, you know um uh dead kennedy's alternative tentacles jelly biafra yeah. there was a classic t-shirt that they made which was a picture of a barcode yeah and at the bottom of it said one of these days, these will be tattooed on our wrists. This is going back to the 80s. <laughs> now, ironically yeah. enough, we're all working around, we're all walking, well, I'm not, walking around with, I, you know, like iPhone, um, iPhones oh. on our iWatches or whatever on our wrists. Yeah. Under the guise that they're helping with our health. But really yeah. what we're doing is recording data and what we're up to and stuff. So the, the whole ironic thing is, is that, that we are a commodity more than yeah. ever. Human yeah. beings are commodity. There was a saying I heard a couple of months ago, and it was something like, if you download an app and it's free, you are the product. Yeah, you are. Because you are essentially beta testing for the developer yeah. subconsciously. Yeah. And uh, that was quite scary, to be honest, because um, you never look at it like that. You, you tend to look at your myopic lens world through your own rose-tinted glasses, don't you? Yeah, really. Yeah. Sometimes you have a bit of an existential crisis and you're like, yeah, huh, this is like a bit like that Matrix film that came out, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's like the problem is then we get into like conspiracy theories, like evil, yeah. evil kind of like James Bond villains and stuff and whatever. Whatever. There right. are people like that, but um, well, not Definitely. exactly like that. Uh, they're like cats. Um, they yeah. sit in chairs and they like stroke cats. Yeah. Um, always, always be wary of. Uh, wary of someone doing that um <laughs> but, but um and they're not called goldfinger or whatever um yeah. but yeah it's kind of like um yeah we, it's, it's, it's scary times really it's quite scary yeah. and i think it's this the things if you if you're younger you're kind of grown up with it um and that's it's just 
I don't know, where's the rebellion? Yeah, I get that. Where's, where's the rebellion? There isn't any, is there? A lot of con- you know, conformity it's, nowadays, isn't there? Yeah, it's kind of gone. The rebellion, what was mm. it? Was it um, oh, was the, um, the revolution will not be televised. Oh, I can't remember what that was. Yeah. I can't remember the song now. But anyway. Yeah, televised it's like, now, it'll be on YouTube. Well, yeah, exactly. It's scary times. It. And part of I keep thinking, is it because I'm getting older and I kind of like think, but I don't think it is because I'm always I'm pretty aware of stuff that's going on. Yeah. It's kind of, it's not just being, it's just not an age thing, is it really, at the end of the day? I think from my perspective, it's knowing that these things don't have to be the way they are. Yeah. I was born pre-internet to an extent, and then the internet came along and submerged everything. But my son, for example, doesn't really know life pre-internet because he was born into it. Yeah. And it's having that sort of liberation of knowing that this doesn't have to be like this, albeit it's much more efficient, it's much faster, it's much, you know, everything kind of serves that thing when that's the main yeah. product. It's interesting but, that you yeah. use that word faster. Making things faster, doesn't things being faster doesn't mean that things are any better. True. You know, there's yeah. this, kind of, oh, you can do this quickly and that quickly. It's like, well, yeah. sometimes... I think that's one of the things things need a process and yes. if the process is slowed down a bit then you get craft and you get art yeah it's real it's real but then again yeah. but then again i always remember like motorhead used to go in the studio they mm. they write the songs go in the studio record it all live mm. yeah you know like old school the old school way kind of thing whereas now these days you can you can i mean we're guilty of that because like the first album we took about a year to do that you know, you know, we were like, because technology enables you to do that. You know, it's it's yeah. it's it's um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird world, weird world we live in. But I don't know, I don't think I understand it. But. I just had a horrible thought of uh, Lemmy's voice auto-tuned. That has anyone done that? Has anyone done that on YouTube yet? I'm sure they have, mate. I'm sure they have. I know <laughs> what I'm doing after this. I tell you who they did it with. They quantized John Bonham's drumming. Have you heard that? <laughs> yeah, the kid, um, I think it's Rick Beato did a. Oh yeah, yeah I know him. Yeah, yeah, where they basically um uh, uh changed the because basically if you listen to a lot a lot of old stuff, um a lot of the old stuff isn't done to click tracks; it's done naturally. Yeah. So like the you know the feeling, whereas like that's the problem. I think one of the problems why I don't like a, a massive amount of modern music mm. is because because it's also set to a click or whatever, which is handy and really good. Yeah. It kind of takes away the kind of um, natural vibe of it. Do you know it's what I mean? Processed, isn't it? It's condensed yeah, within an inch of its life. Yeah, yeah. I know. What you, mean. you know, I, I'm, I long to hear a double bass drum, just like slightly out of sync. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but then again. Anyway, yeah, one question is: what, Oh, I'll tell you what. I will quickly go through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, 2020 was good because it enabled me to do a lot more rehearsing with my my son. Yeah, I've been seeing that on Instagram. Yeah, because cool. my um, because my, my son plays um drums, I I play bass along with him and stuff. Like that. And also, yeah. the other thing that's come out of it is basically so me and Ben are doing drums, and he had a little school band going called Antinium, which was a metal band. Oh, and cool. I was helping, I was helping out with them a little bit. That's that's kind of disbanded now. And also, yeah. I do another band called Iron in Flesh. Oh yeah, uh, which is basically I play drums in it. And Ben plays some drums as well. And we're going to go down to Chuckalumba to record an album at some point. That's but we've awesome. Now, 
we've now changed the band's name to id 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 um okay. and it's basically a load of ex-members of like loads of um southampton bands like hunting lodge the good wife um load the, the snags loads of crazy what i call have you ever heard you know you know public image limited john lydon's band I didn't know that. I know who John Lydon is. Yeah, yeah. So, and then we're very influenced by another band called Arab on Radar. Okay. Which I suggest you go and Google Arab on Radar and you Arab go and listen on to Radar. Arab on Radar. So, anyone, if anybody is actually listening to this, go and listen to Arab on Radar. It okay. might open your world up a bit. But anyway, right. so they're, they're, they're going back to the 2000s, but there was a lot of that kind of style of music around that time, which is, it's kind of, well, it's happened to quite a lot with like um post punk i suppose in the 80s but yeah. it's, it's completely crazy it's completely yeah. insane so i play drums in that well i attempt to play drums in that yeah uh, and all the other it's it's probably it's 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 more what i call that crazy indie side of stuff you know the kind of stuff that isn't metal people wouldn't listen to <laughs> you know yeah, yeah it's kind of but it's, it's just listen to it and it might open you up your um your eyes or ears to do stuff also i've been doing some collaboration stuff uh, i've yeah. a friend of mine in europe uh, i've been doing a, a band called dover kiev and another one called diesel rum is and those okay. are basically, those are basically european bands that i just play guitar for uh and yeah. they just do lots of mixing and stuff and then then funny enough last year i did one of my own projects i'm really into like things like sleaford mods yeah you know really kind of sort of different stuff and i did a project called these may be the last explosions before the universe goes dark and i did some <laughs> kind of experimental sleeve with mods type stuff yeah quite good and then also last year me and ben started a band together just the two of us bass and yep. drums um a band called methane hag which is basically a bit like weedy <laughs> i hate god in buzz oven right okay yeah we, we were just mucking around doing that for a laugh you yeah, know, it, was just, it was just a laugh. And also, I've been doing a, another little band called Doctor Z, which is a mix of Mr. Bungle, Faith No More, Fresh Punk, kind of weirdy oh, stuff. Yeah. So I've been busy doing lots of different things. Yeah, hence yeah. probably why we haven't done the third Hemu album. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there's a direct correlation between those two things, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. So I've been busy doing, but I felt it was kind of an experimental year, really doing lots of things yeah. that I had done or tried out, and it was really good fun. Yeah. You know, it's kind of I've learned I've learned the drums. Ben's 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 a really good drummer. He's a bit good actually, because um, he's not quite fifteen yet, and he's a bit good. Yeah. Um, so he's he's really into things like Gujira. Um, in fact, we booked tickets for next year to go and see Gujira in March. It, um, uh, Crystal Palace, I think, is it? I think it is. All right. Yeah. So that that would be his first big metal gig. Yeah. Um, and I've booked at the end of this month on the twenty eighth. Um, to go and see um, Discharge with him. Whereas my, whereas my daughter's into the kind of like things like beans on toast and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, that kind of more kind of like sort of like teenage indie type stuff, I suppose, really. Not, not my kind of thing, but it's, yeah. it's quite good, I suppose. Music's music, though, isn't it? It's good that yeah, kids it's just, into it's, it. It's, yeah, yeah, I don't think there's no such thing as bad music. No. Yeah, it's all Because at the end of the day, someone's going to like it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, I need to see Gorgira now. Fuck. Yeah, Alexandra 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 Powell. Oh, right, Ali Pally. Yeah, they're playing there, North London. So that should be good. Cool, cool. There we go. Cool. So, so that's enough of that. 
yeah, so I'm keen to know what is your favourite video game and what is your first memory as a child, which I'm very aware now that was quite a while back, no offence. No, that's all right. What was your first memory as a sort of, you know, what was the first thing that came to mind? Okay, well, actually, no. okay so childhood game memories, right? Mm. This will give the this will give the age away. Um, Here we go. I remember buying the code books in WH Smiths. Yeah. Pro- programming for hours on a VIC twenty. Yeah. With two K of memory and sat there <laughs> programming on the back page to try and get what was that, to make a man walk across the screen. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the really early days. The other the other thing as well, what I was really grateful for is growing up and talking and stuff. We had the arcades. Yeah, I spent a lot of my time after school playing like things like Space Invaders and Asteroids. You know, the mm. first wave of it. Of course, yeah. Um, and also, I can still remember from the late seventies, early eighties was Pong, which was that that kind of those two kind of sticks that used to go up and down with a little ball in the middle that goes to go backwards and forwards. And we used to play that on the black and white TV. Nice. Yeah, so those were the days. But if you're talking about more contemporary games, uh. Still, my 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 favourite games really are the the first Tomb Raider and the first Resident Evil. Yeah, those those games were yeah. hard. They were really tough to do. Yeah, and they, I mean, I suppose they were fairly short, but they were like they were really hard. Whereas, like, I, I still like I like now I like playing a lot of GTA. Yeah, that's good fun. Like free roaming games, that stuff. I do, but the thing is, I don't really play a lot of gaming. Gaming, yeah, I don't do a lot same. of gaming because it's like because I'm too busy. Either doing music, I don't, don't, yeah. I don't really watch TV. Um, yeah. I watch the occasional film, but most of the time, most of them, I'm kind of like, I don't know, doing some work or doing some music or stuff like that. Really, then. Yeah, so, other stuff takes priority, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not like TV. I'm not really a sit down and watch the TV person. No. I, never, I don't really enjoy it. Yeah, I get that. Um, Tomb Raider has been a very, very popular answer on this so far. Really? There are, yeah, it's really. Um, it's come up a lot. I'd say but, Tomb Raider and Sonic are the most common answers. Yeah, I think that was the that was the first that was the first was it the Mega um, Sega Mega System. I remember my brother buying that game at Christmas. Yeah, and him completing it in about an hour. He could he because my my brother ended up going into he ended up uh, working for Electronic Arts and also Apple. So he went. Oh wow! He did yeah. a lot of. Um, he's he's retired now, but he did a lot of um, sort of big games for electronic arts and stuff. Yeah, things like that. Um, cool. But yeah, he was just really good at doing stuff. Like, I I was amazed. I couldn't get past the third level in Sonic the Hedgehog, but he just did it. He just could just do it really easily. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the problem is the whole gaming thing. That's a whole like another evening of talking about games because there's so many yeah. different facets of it and so many different variations and stuff. I and mean, I could go like you know like the the Amiga, Amiga twelve hundred and the five hundred and the six hundred, like all those, all, all those kind of crazy games like um, yeah. Worms and all that sort of stuff. Love you know, Worms. I used to love playing Worms and stuff like that. But so those nice. games were. Um, what was the small so What was the soldier? What was the soldier game called? The little soldiers. Can't remember the name of it. Anyway, that was that was quite good fun. But those games just seemed a lot. I don't know. They just seemed a lot better yeah. than they are now. Like they're too big. The games are too big. Yeah, 
you know, it's, it's graphically, they're too graphically heavy. Yeah. It's sort of like, you know, it's, it's like watching a movie, isn't it? Yeah, there's multiple objectives nowadays, isn't there, on games? And there's yeah. achievements and there's trophies and people want to try and 100% complete games. And I yeah. just want to see a spinning hedgehog, to be honest. Yeah, I just want to go around shooting stuff. Basically. Yeah. That's that's basically the remit of my, my gaming. Just go around shooting things. That's what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. but I'm not I'm not a massive game head. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd rather play backgammon in chess, to be quite honest. Yeah. You know. Nice. I bet. So just on video games, I haven't asked this in a while, but it seems like a nice fitting sort of transition. Um, if you could get a Hamoon song on any game in the world as a soundtrack, what would you pick? Well, actually, funny enough, we have. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, hey. Because no, um, Mike, because obviously Mike is a game developer mm. and he's done a lot of games. Uh, he did he did a game back uh, was it good? Back, back, good 10 years ago called Ultra Kills. All right. Um, which is like an online game. And he put our music into that, which is quite oh, cool. good. And that, that worked quite well. Uh, what game would I... The thing is, my brother's worked on a lot of big, big games, and I've been yeah. for years. I was trying to get my music into one of his yeah. games, but we never did. Um, <laughs> I, it would have been good. Yeah. But um, what game would what game? I, I could oh. see you guys on like Quake or um, yeah, some sort of like shoot 'em up. Like I don't know, like Mortal Kombat or something like that. Yeah, because Ultra Kills was a shoot 'em up game. God of War. Yeah, I've never played that, but yeah, if mm. it was something like a like a shoot, which would be ironically kind of go go completely against that old ethos of the band, really going around shooting stuff. Yeah, <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, use it against this kind stuff. of like I suppose green social, yeah. economic kind of like yeah, sort of lyrics in there. I suppose the lyrics may not be obvious what we're meaning, but mm. it is all kind of in there. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we'll move on to top three slash five albums and then we'll have another quick break. Yeah. Um, obviously, this is probably the hardest question in the whole episode. So uh, no rush. OK. Do you want to do that now? Or do you want to have a break now? Uh, let's have a break now. Okay. Don't want to uh, do the lag thing where it starts drifting off into space. No, um, exactly. So I'll send you a new link and uh, yeah. yeah, ready when you are. All right. Cool. All right, then. Cheers. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode. Just an ad read from a new sponsor called Archie Soul Grooming. So we have ArchieSoul.com. They've currently got a bit of a sale on at the moment. Uh, basically, long story short, I've not really been looking after myself, uh, especially during lockdown and quarantine. I've always been sort of, I'll deal with it later kind of person really not really bothered about how I look and I think now is a good time to change that uh, especially with like the world opening back up and sort of everyone having massive beards and all that sort of stuff anyway so Archie Soul have uh, beard oil they have razors old school sort of stuff uh, power shower uh, they sell loads and loads of products from loads and loads of places they're from the UK um, and they recently sent me a box of stuff and it's just been breathtaking. It's been a completely new lease of life uh, in terms of like actually using proper soap and 
actually having an opportunity to sort of care about yourself and sort of give yourself a bit of a lease of life in the morning. Traditionally, I've always um, got up first thing in the morning, thrown some water on my face, said to myself, that will do, and sped off in my car at about 30 miles an hour. So time to change all that sort of stuff and to actually look after yourself and take some accountability, I suppose. So, um, yeah, so get involved at ArchieSoul.com. I have an affiliate link with them, which is Bedlam2021. So that's going to give you 20% off. Companies like American Crew, Anthony, Duke Cannon, who are one of my favourites because they sell the biggest bars of soap I've ever seen in my life. Ace High, Monsieur Barbier, and Anthony. So they stock traditional razors and genuine leather bags for work and for play. And as always, with all of these great companies I work for and promote for, is their priority is an excellent customer experience and they will always go above and beyond for their customers. And there is a guy at Archie Soul called Mark, and he is one of the most responsive people I've ever had the pleasure of dealing with in terms of business. Uh, he's all about getting you what you want at the price that you can afford. Not going to break the bank. Like I say at the moment, they've got a sale on. So check them out at archiesoul.com. Tell them I sent you using Bedlam2021 as the discount code at checkout. And thank me later, because you are not going to regret this, guys. Thank you very much, and back to it. Go for it. Right, actually, before I, before I say this, this is an interesting one, right, okay? Yeah. You might be might be quite disturbed at this, okay? So there was I a, usually yeah. There was a, yeah, there was a badge in the 70s that I never got, that I never, well, I don't remember them, because I wasn't old enough, but... Yeah. Well, kind of was, but um, huh. there was a band that I only recently discovered in the last couple of months mm. that I really like. That I've spent the whole last forty years, forty plus years, avoiding because I didn't like. Them. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I, I watched a documentary on YouTube, and I was like, oh, actually, hang on a minute, there's something about this band. In this band, you will be pleased to know is the band Kiss. See, they're the bands that I'm exactly the same as you a couple of years back. I don't get them at all. Well, I didn't. I didn't yeah. until I went back and listened to their first three albums from the seventies. I listened yeah. to uh, the first three albums. I was like, "Hang on a minute, this is some really good stuff." Because I really like a lot of kind of what I call seventies rock. Yeah, like, like pre-rock, I suppose. Really. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I listened to them. I, I, it was the problem with me. It was the image. The image just didn't work. Yeah. Now the image does work. Now I, I always thought like Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley and Ace Freely and um, Peter Chris were dickheads, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Just through just like mm. media and stuff. And until I kind of like started watching documentaries on them and stuff, I was like, hang on a minute, these guys are yeah. really switched on. They really know what they're doing. Oh, from a marketing standpoint, don't get me wrong. They've yeah, fucking what, nailed it. They what, do what we do now. Yeah, and what Paul... And, like, Paul Stanley, I kind of thought he was just a bit of an idiot, but I kind of yeah. thought, hang on a minute, this guy's, like, he knows what he's doing. Mm. And the, the thing that... The, the reason I really got into them 
just recently is basically the thing that was really funny what i never realized was that basically they modeled themselves they saw the new york dolls yeah which they thought there's no way they can be as good as new york dolls and the new york dolls were bad yeah um and then basically they basically modeled themselves on on 70s rock that i grew up Mm. on as a kid so it'd be things like t-rex um slade mark bolan yeah so you listen to their early music you can hear all of that in there and they basically they ripped off basically 70s uk glam yeah so they were basically a glam, a British glam band, but an American. Yeah. And basically, if you go and listen, I mean, the one thing that I was amazed to find out in the in the you know when you do these like live rigs where you kind of check out bands and you kind of like um check out their live. Yeah. Rigs, I was absolutely that, the Premier Guitar Channel. Yeah, yeah. How simple yeah, the live rig is. It's just like right. straight into the amp with a tuner, mm. and you're kind of going, what? Right? Yeah. Like, now what? Yeah, it's just it's just sort of like, but it works and it's it's yeah. great and you know. But anyway, anyway, I digress. I was going to talk about my yeah. top three. So okay, this is this yeah. is a difficult. This is difficult mm-hmm. because it's like I'll start off with Age of Quarrel by the Cro-Mags. Okay, so that's that's an eighties album by a, a band from New York. Obviously, they're a bit of a disaster zone these days, but that yeah. Age of Quarrel album by the Cro-Mags, I just played the album to death. It was just like, uh, just an amazing album because it contains a lot of Middle Eastern stuff in it as well. All right. A lot of hardcore, a lot of Middle Eastern stuff. It's kind of what I call, it's kind of a bit like tough guy, but with a social conscience hardcore. Right, okay. I suppose, but then, you know, but that's that's a really great album. Yeah. Yeah. and an album I rediscovered today that I hadn't listened to for years was Shotgun Justice by Razor. Okay. That album is just like, you listen to, you, okay, if you thought Slayer were intense, go and listen to that album. Okay, That's I'll have a look. It's just like literally no let up. No yeah. let up at all. Uh, no another, yeah. another album that was a great album because it contains the people in Kais that I didn't particularly like. And that was... Um, uh, Peace by Vista Chino. Yeah. That's a great album because I love Brant Bjork. Um, uh, the fourth album is by a band called Ratas da Pareo from Brazil. Okay, yeah. The album's called Carni Casena Tropical. Okay. And that's, that's just, I saw them live a couple of times. And they're, they're real underground, real kind of like from the streets. That's just like raging. Um, mm. And then... Album number five has got to really be Hear Nothing, See Nothing, Say Nothing by Discharge. Yeah. Now, I've only done five, but obviously I'd, the one album I would like to stick in there as a sixth one would be My War by Black Flag. All right, yeah. And that's, But the problem is that kind of changes all the time. And it's yeah, hard, I get that. It's hard, it's hard to answer. Yeah. You know. There's been times in the past where I've um, really struggled to get five out of people, so they've given me three. Yeah. And they've always given me a really, really strong two answers. And then their third one's kind of like their wild card answer. Oh, really? And a lot of the times in a couple of the weeks, they'll message me going, fuck, <laughs> yeah. why didn't yeah. I say this? No. Yeah, no, no. I mean, there's a million albums I could put down, but those are just the ones that I kind of, I go yeah. back to and I listen to quite a lot. That's cool. I mean, yeah, I, mean, there's, I mean, you could put, there's loads of albums you could put on there, Blue by Joni Mitchell or Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. You know, it's, it's, there's yeah. just a million 
different types of things you could you could I could put on there. But I've just chosen stuff that actually all that stuff's quite harsh, isn't it? Apart from the Vista Chino, all the rest of the stuff's quite harsh. That's interesting. Yeah. Must have been the mood I was in. Says a lot about you. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, 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 it's it's hard, yeah, isn't I mean, it? I could, have put a kiss, I could have put a kiss album in there, couldn't I? Really, but yeah, you know, there's always next time. Yeah, there's always another time, isn't there? There we go. So, this is a question from my girlfriend. It's a bit of a left field one, but it gives you a bit of insight. No, 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 I'm not single. What we're like, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> oh dear. Right. So, what is your favourite animal? Hyena. Hyena and why? Why? Because why well, hyena? Because I always found them like they were always misunderstood. They were kind of like mm. they were kind of like scrap hunters, basically. Yeah, they're the kind, they're the kind of like dirty and dog dog sort of type. Yeah, they're, they're just like they're just misunderstood and like, misunderstood, they're really fascinating yeah. and they're a bit they're a bit. I don't know. They just got like lots of weird stories about them and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and I used to draw them a lot as a kid for some reason. I yeah. don't know. Don't know why. But, hmm. Yeah, just one of those. They just appeal to me. The whole the whole sound of them, the way they are, the way they they work together in packs yeah. and stuff and that sort of stuff. Yeah, basically. more than meets the eye. Yeah, 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 that kind of thing. Transformers copyright. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the second question from my girlfriend. It's kind of a double question. Is what's your favorite biscuit? Well, that should be obvious to a lot of people, shouldn't it? Yeah. Lemon puff. Lemon puff. That was it. Yeah. I remember seeing a pack at one of your practices yeah. once. And you were I like, remember, really constructive but... practice. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a picture of that. <laughs> I, remember did, I remember we played years ago. We played it. What's, yeah. the, what's the other venue in Bournemouth down the other end? Uh, the Anvil? No, the, it used to be called the Hot House back in the 80s. I can't remember what it was. But, um, Sound yeah. Circus? Yes, yes. We played there. Who did we play mm. there with? I can't remember. Anyway, we played there, and I remember, I remember Keith the owner being horrified because Mike had bought, like you know, these big packets of biscuits, and we literally destroyed the place with biscuits. <laughs> the stage and the dance floor were covered in biscuits. Brilliant. We just like were throwing them out at people, and people were throwing them back at us. It was just, it was brilliant. <laughs> Anti-establishment to the max. Yeah, exactly. With Love biscuits. it. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. And the second part of that question is, is a Jaffa cake a cake or a biscuit? A biscuit. Is it a biscuit? Yeah, for me it's a biscuit. Because it's, okay. it's, it's part of the biscuit family. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I've got to ask more people that and I'm going to uh, analyse the data. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, 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 it's a biscuit. It's always been okay. a biscuit. Fair enough. There we go. I'll tell you why. <laughs> if you leave Jaffa cakes out unwrapped, they go yeah. they go solid, don't they? They go hard. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, and that's a biscuit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, fair enough. That's my, that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. Okay, convince me otherwise. Yeah. Um, what does the future of Hamune look like? What does it look like? Um, it looks like we need to get back to do some rehearsing and writing <laughs> songs, basically, uh, which we will do. I mean, obviously, yeah. we want. We want to do a UK tour and a European tour, get that third album done. Yeah. Um, but as I say, it takes us a long time to write stuff. Yeah. You know, we just, I mean, but I did look at, I looked at our discography the other day and we've done a lot of stuff actually. Yeah, you have. Yeah. yeah. We've done more than, more than what I thought we'd done. Yeah. Um, we've done tons of stuff, but it's like, 
it just takes probably each song would probably take us about three months to do each song because yeah. we just we we like we we have a process where you just kind of like mike might write a song yeah whatever and then we'll kind of like start doing it in our own style then we'll start adding bits in and taking bits out but that's part of the fun of it isn't it yeah that's the process that you follow so yeah it's something that we do and we've always done and i, I quite enjoy it don't mess with the process guys if it no, works, exactly. it works it works it works it's just us it's what we do there we go what and is hence, your sorry go on no god sorry and hence that's why we take that's why i do so much other stuff because we take yeah. so long to do stuff so i just go off and do other stuff multiple buckets of water filling up at the same time yeah exactly it's fun, isn't it? what is your favorite hamune song favorite uh crush my heart crush my heart okay which is a very old one which is one of the early ones we did yeah um that's probably we don't play that anymore the problem is because we've got so many songs we don't play them mm-hmm. often i don't know if yeah. i can even remember how to play it to be quite honest but yeah but, but yeah i would yeah um it'd be either that or bastard son of zeus yeah yeah i remember that i do that's i used to like i used to like playing that we don't play that anymore um Mm. kind of thing but yeah those those that's that's my two favorites at the moment fair enough yeah and obviously they change from time to time but my new we have got a new favorite song called um mend which we're working on i'm really like that because what we've done Mm. we were we're playing in the drop a tuning with seven strings and what we've done now is we've gone back to a drop C tuning. Yeah. Basically, I've gone back to playing six strings with a drop C tuning. So it's changed the tuning a bit so it sounds a little bit softer. It's not yeah. so doomy, so heavy. Because we mm. wanted to get back into writing more songs, I suppose, really. Like Silence. I mean, that's drop A. But like, um, yeah, yeah, we just decided to go back up to drop C. Uh, drop C. Yeah, and the rich, tell you the reason, because this is another revelation for you. <laughs> um. I'm a big fan of Mick Mars as a guitarist. Yeah. Uh, Mars yeah. is another one of those underrated bands. And um, uh, The Dirt, have you, have you seen The Dirt? I've watched half the, of it and then I realised how late it was at my friend's house yeah, and had to drive home. documentary, that's brilliant. Mm. Um, because they, the reason they used to sound so heavy and so different is because they tuned in drop C. Yeah. So yeah. They, they, I just picked up on that thought, let's do that kind of thing. Yeah. Know, kind of, yeah. Actually, he's a he's a friend of the podcast. Let's address him by his full name, Ben. So I was recently on um, John's uh, the Isolation Booth podcast for an episode. If you want to take a listen to that on YouTube, yeah. And yeah, I was at John's uh, house trying to watch the dirt, but we were having some pretty deep conversations. And unfortunately, sometimes life just gets in the way. And uh, yeah. hopefully, we'll pick that up again soon. But yeah, yeah shout out. I, to him. It is funny because it's meant to be tongue in cheek. Yeah. Yeah, it's not meant to be taken seriously. It's a bit. It's a comedy, basically, black comedy, I suppose. You yeah, yeah. I did enjoy what I was, what was watching. It was pretty funny. But it's like a but lot yeah, of things. Um, oh, you didn't ask me my favourite films. No, so that was my next question. Was it? Okay. So, do you want to pick two or three films? I'm going to give you a load of them because I can't pick okay. for it. Uh, okay, <laughs> Morven Morven Caller, which yeah. is starring Samantha Morton. That's a great movie. Uh, a, a fairly recent-ish film, a Nicolas Cage film called Mandy. Yeah. Haven't seen that. That is um, Stephen O'Malley from um, Sun, who does the soundtrack in Burning Witch. All right, yeah. That's really that's that's an insane movie. Uh, no Country yeah. for Old Men. Yeah, I've seen that. That's good. Yeah, another really good one is Paris, Texas. Yeah. Soundtrack by Ray Cuda. Okay. Uh, another classic, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. 
And the movie that I've watched more than any other movie, I've probably watched it about 500 times, Predator. Predator, nice. Yeah, because I remember seeing that originally in the cinema. Um, And also the old classic Blade Runner. Blade Runner, yeah. Yeah. What did you think of the remake? Uh, I liked it. I thought it was good because it kind of, it kind of answered some questions, but didn't. Yeah. Um, mm. It was. I think you need to kind of take it in context, I suppose, really. And it's kind of like it kind of works and doesn't. It works yeah. in, its, in its own right, but obviously, Blade Runner is such a classic music uh, movie. Yeah, definitely. I've, I'm not a big fan of like picking up like they've done the new June movie, haven't they? Uh, this yeah. pre- prequel, isn't it? I think. Mm. Um, that'll be interesting, but I yeah, don't think it's a fucking prequel, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so I've a pre. It's like don't even yeah. get, don't even talk to me about Star Wars. Now, mm. <laughs> the thing about yeah, the because <laughs> I remember seeing original movies in the cinema when they were released. So it's kind of like those yeah. three original movies, four, five, and six. Holy ground, holy, holy grail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas definitely. the only thing that's actually worked has been uh, the Mandalorian. Mm, that was good. That was good. And also, I've forgotten the name of it. Uh, the prequel, ironically enough, where they go to get the Death Star plans. Uh, what was it? Oh, Rogue One. Rogue One. Now that's yeah, a great that was movie. good. Great movie. Yeah, I love the way that picked up exactly before episode four. Yeah. That was just like within best. a couple of the moments. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Those those are great movies. Those those are great. But the Mandalorian series was was just like that's just brilliant. Absolutely yeah. out of this world. Just amazing. Yeah. Probably one of the best things I've seen on on um, TV, is it? I don't know, download or whatever, uh, for many years. Not quite as good as Friday Night Dinner, though. Yeah, I haven't Do seen you, that. Have you not seen it? No, I need yeah, to. That, that's that's just hilarious. That is just funny. Just so funny. It's just, it just I don't know, kind of tickled my fancy, I suppose, really. It's just, it's just um, it's mainly due to, um, I've forgotten the, the actor's name, they Mark Heap. Mark mm. Heaps in it, you know, obviously from Space and stuff like that, Miranda. Yeah. And he plays um, Jim and he's got his, his dog Wilson. And that's that's why the show works, because of him. Yeah. If he wasn't in it, it wouldn't work. Mm. But it's yeah, just, fair enough. It's just zany comedy, I suppose, really. But yeah. 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 Fair enough. Yeah, nice uh, selection of movies. Good. Um, just quickly before I forget, I tend to ask quite a lot of people this, but I do think this is uh, worth spreading. Have you um, watched Ozark on Netflix? No, I've got it on my list, though. What is yeah. it? It's about, um, essentially, it's about money laundering. Right. Which is not a great thing to talk about, but it's done in such a way that it's um, basically a financial um, planner ends up um, laundering money from a Mexican drug cartel. Right. And basically, if he doesn't do that, he'll get killed and his family will die. Hang so, on. Hang on. Yeah. Is it a movie? No, it's a series. That sounds like another movie that I've seen. It on does, Netflix. yeah. That sounds like, oh, what's the... I can't think of the movie now, but it sounds very right. similar. Yeah, I'm, I love the um, the process of like money laundering from uh, Breaking Bad. That kind of intrigued me because they do yeah. the car wash, don't they? I still, I, funny enough, I still think Breaking Bad is probably, I will agree and say Breaking Bad is probably one of the best yes. um, TV series of all time. I agree. But that's, but then you got, it's, it's difficult because you could pick up things like Hill Street Blues or The Wire 
mm. um, which are great. But and also Better Call Saul. Now that yeah, that's good. That is, I think it kind of beats Breaking Bad to a degree. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's just an amazingly written and amazingly acted and scripted series. Mm. Though I did, I did quite like El Camino. Yeah. Uh, which was the story of Jesse. Yeah, that, him and Tom. That, yeah, that that was that was a pretty good movie. Yeah, that was all right. Yeah, that was good. Um, kind of things, but I think they should kind of like just leave it there. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's um stop whilst we're sort of still in everyone's good books. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah totally. The thing is, the world's crit- it's been really cool talking about all this stuff because it's like <laughs> there's so much to talk about. Absolutely. <laughs> there's, you know, there's so many so many things you can talk about. It's just like. Just now, I'm just thinking about like top five albums or favorite movies or what yeah. I'm up to or what you're up to and stuff. And it's just like it's just like never ending. Stuff. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Well, the longest ever podcast recorded in human history is 36 hours, so we won't quite go that far. No. Um, I genuinely want to listen to that and find out what the fuck they were talking about because there can't be a point where that doesn't breathe. <laughs> just well, be ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's, that. that's ridiculous. Who's that? Mm. Who's that by? I'll find out. But yeah, it's what well, it's the standing world record. Yeah. But yeah, it's probably just talking about what they've had for dinner for the past ten years. Probably, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. probably really boring. Yeah, it's probably got like free views on YouTube or something. <laughs> yeah. It's just them watching oh, it back. You tell you what you didn't ask me about was um, what's my best gig experience and what's the worst one? I'm, do you want me to quickly answer them? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay, so best gig experience. I'm going to talk about recent times because there's loads of them. Uh, probably playing Bournemouth and Weymouth. And the reason being is because of the people. Um, yeah. Playing in Bournemouth and Weymouth, all you guys down there have just were just like, uh, just so friendly and so lovely and just, just been fantastic. Yeah, good. Those are the two places. But I mean, there's loads of other places we played and stuff and whatever, but that was just more recent times. I was just going to say that. Those are probably the best gigs we did or the yeah. best gigs I've enjoyed in recent times. Worst gig experience. This might be a bit controversial. Mm. Not necessarily one I played, though I had a, had a couple. Um, yeah, there's been a few that have been a bit. I won't talk about those. Um, okay. All right. Uh, the worst gig experience of going to a gig was seeing Gajira supporting Ghost. Oh, okay. And basically, we walked out after two Ghost songs. Couldn't cope oh, with okay. it. Yeah, fair enough. It was just one of those things. They're a Marmite band. And yeah, just like they played, and we were like, "Don't get this, don't." I get you. Yeah, I get you. Don't. I think it might be one of those kiss things. Yeah, a bit sort of like maybe maybe years later you might go. Oh, actually, no, I do get it because basically they are a bit like what I call a modern day kiss, where the music doesn't fit with the image. Yeah, get what you mean. You know, so maybe one day it might click. I think Ghost are a band that um, you. When you shroud something in mystery, like someone's identity, yeah, you have to really market it, like Slipknot did. Yeah, and it sometimes just doesn't quite land, and it's not as interesting as they think it is. And it it's kind of just like, oh right, okay, so that's a guy called Simon. Yeah, cool. It's, that's interesting you should say that because that's a bit like um, like where Hamune are. We don't yeah. do the whole dressing up stuff because we're quite old school. We just want to turn up and play what we do because it's hard. Yeah. Punk rock. And yeah. interesting enough, what we found in the metal scene is lots of people love that kind of um, people dressed up stuff. Mm. And I don't 
personally get it because it's not that. really something I would do. It's not really something that I just like. I just like the music. I don't know. It's just, just something I don't, I don't really kind of click. It doesn't click in yeah. me. You know what I mean? It just doesn't doesn't do it for me, kind of thing. But it's just yeah. that's not to say that it's bad. It's just that I don't. No, yeah. Horses for courses, isn't it? It's up yeah. to you what you do. It's your but then again, but then again, like like you know, like and or whatever they dress in their morphs. Yeah. Yeah, that's different. It's not. It's not the same kind of. I'm talking more about that. But then again, talking about that, ironically, I love bands like Guar in mm. White Zombie, and they dress up. So it's Morty. kind of like it's. It's kind of like maybe it's a bit snob. As a bit of a snobby thing of me to say, kind of thing. Maybe it's the way that it's done. I think. Um, what the fuck are they called? Oh God, is it Bayamoth? Yeah, I like them. They have to spend like six hours in makeup. Yeah, but I actually quite like that. The thing is, their music and their image works. Yeah, yeah. It's not easy to do, though. Like, it's effort, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. it's not really related, but Ron Perlman to dress up as Hellboy to do a set, a shoot. Yeah, I know. It's it took like insane. 12 hours of prosthetic. Yeah. It's and hard. It's not easy. That's, that's what I liked about the whole black metal thing is the fact, like, well, I'm talking about, I'm talking about. I'm talking about bands like Venom, yeah, and, and Immortal, Celtic Frost, and all that kind of early stuff. Yeah, and yeah. what I liked about I liked the anarchy of the black metal stuff. It was it was all like Norwegian stuff. Yeah, because it was anarchy. It was like mm. we don't give a crap. We're going to stick this war this this face paint on us, and we're just going to wear black. We don't give a crap. I mean, some of it was a bit iffy and a bit kind of uh, shall we say a bit right wing, um, yeah. to the point of it just being a bit scary, um, yeah. a bit yeah. nationalistic, but. Um, <laughs> But it was just it was just the anarchy of it, I suppose. Really, yeah. that's it. So we've pretty much put the world to rights at this point. Um, right. Spoken about music in great detail. Spoken a bit about video games. Yeah. Just quickly, do you have any questions for me? I'm happy to take any questions you have. Do you still play bass? I do sometimes. I've got two upstairs and a tumble dryer. Why have you never? Um, why have you never? Um, actually, think about it. what's your favourite biscuit. It's my favourite biscuit. So I'm actually a bit of a fraud. I mentioned custard creams earlier. Yeah. I'm actually, this uh, This sounds like a joke, but it's not a joke. I'm four years clean from custard creams. Really? Because it was starting to get a bit crazy. I was starting to eat like cereal bowls of custard creams when I got home from work. Yeah. And it was starting to become a bit of an addiction. Right. So uh, I've stopped now and I haven't gone back. So, uh, cue party popper sound effect. Yeah. Um, I do like a jammy dodger now and then. Yeah. Yeah. But I might sway you because if you get no home bargains. Yeah. Oh, do... mate, they're literally two minutes away from my house. Don't yeah, do no, this they, to me. They, they occasionally, they, <laughs> they do, they, um, um, they do a lime custard cream. A lime custard cream? Yeah. I'll make Google's when home bargains shut. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. I might well, have to give actually, one again. Actually, home bargains are quite a good source for biscuits. They are good, actually. The home bargains, as long as you're not looking for quality. Yeah, well, it's, that's you're a yeah, exactly. smash and grab. Well, you've got you've got a kind of like you've got a kind of like um, what's the word? You've got to have good stuff and bad stuff, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about balance. Bit of rubbish every now and again doesn't hurt, does it? That's it. New chemicals. Any any further questions? Um, are you ever going to play in a band again? No. Um, I love recording and I kind of enjoyed playing live. 
but I found myself working too much. Yeah. I became a bit of a logistics and operations manager in the whole thing. Um, Sometimes that came down to me being a bit of a control freak. Right. But I love going to gigs. I love like watching it from the other side. Yeah. Um, I do play bass now and then. I've recently learned some Beartooth songs. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of Soundgarden here and there. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's not really on my top of my priorities list. Like, I'd love to get Casper into music, like what you've done with Ben. Yeah. Because well, then did... you're on a journey together, aren't you? Yeah, he just naturally did it. It was really weird. It was yeah. like, it's like it just happened out of the blue. It wasn't something that I forced. Yeah, I... yeah. Because my daughter's really arty and she's doing A-level, she's doing sociology, she's doing mm. um, uh, art and photography. And it's yeah. not something that I kind of push them into. They just No, yeah, it's got to be natural, them. hasn't it? Otherwise just they'll resist. Just them kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. But I mean, me and Ben were rehearsing on Sunday mm. and I've just turned around to Ben and I went, I can't believe I'm actually rehearsing with my son. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? And yeah. it's sort of like, what the hell? And it's sort of yeah. like... And he said, oh, next time I'll get one of my friends from school, plays guitar, and we can maybe start doing something or whatever. But, you know, oh, yeah. so that's kind of cool. And I asked him if that's yeah. a, a drums are kind of a fly-by-night thing for you, and he went, no, this is my life. That's cool. So he's going to, you know, he's not, It's because kids, when they're growing up, they they kind of um go for everything. Well, you go for everything in life, don't you? You try a bit of everything. Yeah. And that's just kind of stuck with them. What they do now is what, what they enjoy doing. Yeah, and definitely. That will stick with them for life. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Which is brilliant, which is great. Which awesome. means you've always got a drummer. There we go, yeah. <laughs> so last question. Say you're in Tesco's, you're on tour in your dirty van, you yeah. drive past the Sainsbury's, you go to a co-op. Meal deal. Right. What are we talking? For We're me? talking sandwich, crisps and drink. What? What's your go-to meal deal of choice? None of that. None of that. Okay. No, I, would, I wouldn't buy that. What I would what I would do is I'd buy a bag of carrots. <laughs> okay. Or a bag of carrots, a bag of watercress. Yeah. A bag of rocket. Okay. A packet of crisps. Packet of crisps. And maybe I might allow myself a chocolate bar. Okay. Or maybe a nice cake or something like that. See, I like to I like to kind of eat healthily and bad at the same time. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't really do those. I haven't been. I actually haven't been in Tesco's since 2019. What? Just in general? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, right. no because where I live, we've got Waitrose. Oh, lovely. We've got, we've got Waitrose and Home Bargains. Yeah. So, uh, and in Iceland. So, okay. so, so between those kind of three kind of things, you can get the cheap crap and then the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just so to Tesco's. Have, have we got no got Tesco's down the road somewhere? Problem is, there's like loads of supermarkets all over the place now, isn't there? There is, yeah. You know, there's just it's just stupid. Mm. It's just sprouting up everywhere, aren't they? Yeah, just so much choice. I mean, the problem okay. is, I was joking, going walk into a supermarket and go, there's actually literally nothing healthy to eat in there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's very little, is there really? Mm. But I tell you what, I do like. I would buy something like a patty, like you know those kind of um, Jamaican jerk uh, vegetable ones. Yeah, those I do like those. Do buy those. Yeah. Fair enough. I am afraid that I am going to have to put you on the bottom of the score for the meal deal. Oh really? I'm afraid so because uh, we didn't even get a drink out of you. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, did, I, 
maybe go something like Pepsi Max or something like Pepsi that. Pepsi Max. Okay, cool. You've redeemed yourself. Well, the thing is, at the moment, one of the bands I'm in, Paul is addicted to um, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper okay. is something that I'd never really drunk before. Yeah. And he bought this Dr. Pepper one day, and, I, and I'm now addicted to it. <laughs> it's like it's just like I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm totally addicted to it. I love it. Bad for you. <laughs> And um, this is going to sound a bit bizarre at the end of this episode, but I do like to do these just to keep up to date with our current affairs music-wise. But um, unfortunately, we've lost two legends this last week. We've lost Dusty Hill from ZZ Top. Yeah, and Joe Jordison. And Joey Jordison from Slipknot. And I think that you're a really good guest that kind of bridges that gap, personally. Right. Because I think, personally, you like a bit of ZZ Top. I do. And you like a bit of Slipknot. I do from some time of it, to time. Some of it from time to time. I do, they're not my favourite, but the but the thing about yeah. it is the ironic thing about that for me is that I re- I'm a big fan of Jim Root as a guitar, yeah. mm. which is, I yeah, don't. I tell, yeah. That's the best way to say. My my son loves Slipknot, mm. um, but he loves Joey Jordison. He's got Joey Jordison drumsticks and all that sort of stuff. Um, mm. But um, yeah, I would say. Jim Root, I'm a big fan of as a guitar player. Yeah. Not all the rest of the band, pretty much Jim Root. So, because yeah. he plays in them, that's okay. I might listen to a couple of things. Um, ZZ Top, yeah, just good old 70s sort of Texas rock and roll kind of thing. They're, they're just a great yeah. band. You know? They just make you feel so good. Yeah, they're just, they're just so great. uplifting. Really, really well. And that documentary they did recently was great. Absolutely. I need fantastic. to watch that. You need to watch that. That's absolutely yeah, fantastic. I need to watch that. You know, they just really, just what they do is simplistic, but just like laid back and it just goes yeah. vibe it. I'm a real big fan of do what you want to do for your entire life. Yeah. And I think they lived and breathed that band and it never yeah. felt boring and they never decided to start their own side projects and they yeah. just went, right, this is it. Let's enjoy the ride. Get oh. fucked up. Yeah. So I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering if ZZ Top might do the Metallica replace the bassist thing, and I was mm. thinking I might try and get in touch with their agent to have a go. Yeah, <laughs> go for it, mate. Yeah, sounds good. Imagine, imagine getting that gig, eh? Yeah, you have to get Billy Gibbons on the podcast if you do that. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you imagine that? Wow. There man. we go. Right, we're going to wrap up. Thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate Thank your time. Thank you very much. Been been a pleasure. There we go. Thanks for listening, guys, and I will see you all very soon. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Cheers. Yeah, bye. Bye. Hope you enjoyed that episode, guys. Um, I'm just doing this as a pre-recorded segment because I always forget. Please consider subscribing for weekly uploads. Um, Sometimes I do two in one week. So yeah, please do uh, consider sharing this with your friends and telling everyone that you know. And yeah, I'll see you in the next one. Cheers.